Hey gang, you're listening to the Nerd Blitz with Doom and Fitz. I'm Doom. And I'm Fitz. Initial thoughts on that? Sounded okay. Like I okay. said, it's always hard to tell over over cell phone connection. That's true, especially with the problems we've been having lately. Yeah. Cell phone cell phone connection, the voice your voice sound loses a lot of uh Oh yeah. Loses a lot of uh impact. Uh, like quality or uh, nuance. That too, yeah. Like there's it basically just sounds like your same voice. But then when I listen to the recording it sounds different. You know what I mean? It's like all the bass and all the any kind of, you know, mustard you're putting on it yeah. is, is usually lost and squeezed out. Well, it just sounds I like remember a tinny there voice. was one one time, I forget what voice it was, but I was like, I'm doing this and you were like, the fuck was that supposed to be? And I'm like, I just told you and you're like didn't sound nothing like that. And then when you listen to the recording, right. it's like, that it was actually totally pretty different. fucking good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's hard to tell because the, the digitizing or whatever, the, it just like takes right. all the life out Compression, of it. I think, is what it probably is. Yeah, I'm sure it is. That's funny. Technology likes making both of us sound fucking stupid. Because, like I said, there's been times where you're like, what the fuck was that? And then you listen to it and you're like, it was pretty fucking good. Yeah. It's one way it makes you sound dumb. And then there's times where, like I said... I can't hear sometimes what you're saying or if you got the kid with you. Mm -hmm. He's talking in the background and it makes me sound like an asshole because I can't hear a single fucking word. So it just sounds like I'm like, yeah, fuck that kid (laughs) and ignoring him. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, technology likes fucking with because there's been times where I've been cutting episodes where he's there with you. And it's like that would have actually been kind of interesting to have as part of the conversation. Yeah. Well, and it's weird because he's got one of the earbuds in. So one of these earbuds, not both of the, like both of the earbuds, there must yeah. not be a, a mic on, on both of them. It's only, and that's why sometimes when I've got one in and he's got the other one and you're like, I can't hear you, but I can hear him clearly. Right. You have to switch. Right. I think, the, I think the right earbud is the only one that actually has a mic in it. Now, what the fuck point that's is so that? so fucking weird. Isn't that stupid? I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense because when you have wired headphones, they don't put mics on both of them, but still. Well, that's because they put the mic on the fucking, don't they put the mic on the wire? Or no, I guess yeah. they don't. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Yeah, it's down It's down on the little, yeah, at the V of yeah, the wire. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I guess it kind of makes sense in that way, but it's like, they're not wired, so fucking put it in both. I, I guess it might cause some weird uh, feedback or something, though. Oh, I guess it I could. don't know. I don't know. I have no fucking clue. Don't know, don't care. Not my pig, not my farm. Yep. Um, anyway, and welcome to episode 135 or 136. I'm keeping it intentionally vague. Gotcha. Yeah, episode 135 or 136. We're not quite sure which. <sighs> Boy, do we have a show and a half. If everything lines up, we might look stupid here at some point, but if everything lines up, we might have a very special guest. A return guest, too. Mm, a two-timer. Uh, we might... Yeah, fucking A. Uh, we might have Andy from... Uh, Star Trek The Next Conversation showing up again. Sweet. So uh, if there's any questions you have for him, send them my way and I can ask him. But uh, that'll be coming up in a little bit. We do want to talk about some Star Trek shit because Picard's coming. Or coming? Picard's done. I was going to say, Picard's done came. <laughs> it came like Christmas and that guy on that porn. Um, That was fucked up. <laughs> And we've got some fucking fresh off the press Superman news, potentially. Rumor, really. But 
before we get there, I have a joke corner. Oh, goody. Oh, goody, goody, goody. I did write something, but I think I want to save that for a Patreon episode. Okay. Because it might be a little controversial. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But anyway, hey, we did my attempt. Uh, I'm workshopping that voice I did at the intro. I had an attempt at like a Kevin Conroy. What do I do when it's joke corner time? <sighs> Go ahead and do it. Play the intro. <laughs> Doom joke corner. And we're back. Okay. <clears throat> There's three boys in in detention. Okay. And the teacher's like, we're going to learn you kids some shit. All right. First kid, she goes, what do you say to a girl when you're out on a date and you need to go to the bathroom? He's like, I need to take a piss. And she's like, no, that's too filthy. You don't talk like that around girls. Second kid, what do you say? He goes, um, excuse me, miss, I got to pee. And she goes, no, that's, I mean, it's better than him, but no, that's still too filthy. You don't talk like that in front of girls. She goes to the third kid and says, what about you? And he goes, um, I would say... Excuse me, miss. I need to go shake hands with a friend that I'd really like to introduce you to later. (laughs) (laughs) That was a laugh. I got a laugh. Did you hear that, guys? Listen, he laughed. I'll fucking loop it. I'll fucking slow it down like that time Angie told me I was right. So it'll be like, I got a laugh. Boom, bitch. (laughs) Uh, I saw that on Instagram the other day. No, that one's okay. I saw it on Instagram the other day, and I kind of made it my own. Anywho, though, yeah, that's Joke Corner, everybody. Y'all heard it, though. I got a laugh. Mark it down in your book of memories. Fucking A. It's etched into my soul now. You realize you fucked up by laughing, though, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're like, yeah, I couldn't help it, though. (laughs) Um, What you want to talk about first, Star Trek or Superman? We can do Superman first, I guess, because it's probably going to be short. There's not a whole okay. ton to talk about. Well, I guess it's I, can up, I guess it's it. up to you. Which one? Which would you rather? Would you rather talk about Star Trek before the guest or after the guest? Let's talk about it before. That way, I can be like, it fits, and I just talked about Picard. Okay. Yeah, let's uh, talk about yeah. let's, let's talk about Picard. Yeah. <laughs> which you don't remember what happened anymore, do you? Because it's been like three weeks. Uh barely. <laughs> yeah, barely. Burly. Uh, I finally watched season three. Yeah. Um, sure did. Let's get my complaints out of the way first. Okay. I'll see if mine match up with yours. I think they probably will. My biggest complaint about this show is that it feels like three different showrunners had three different ideas for a show and they all three got to do them because none of these seasons feel like the same show. Oh, you're talking about, oh yeah, the, the three, the three season arcs. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, it really like, does. Like, you're, you're right, because I think that's just proof that they didn't know they were going to do more than one season. Well, season two and three were shot at the same time, so they definitely knew about those, and that's probably the starkest what? fucking... Yeah. Two and three were shot at the same time? Yeah, they were shot two years... Yeah, two years ago, or like a year and a half ago. They shot them at the same time to save money. So how the fuck did they keep it under wraps that all these people were coming back? Well, that's why last year they announced that everybody was coming back, all the TNGers. Yeah, but they didn't announce it until after season two was over. Uh, 
I'm pretty sure. Uh, uh, well, maybe not. I know there was some overlap, but they might have shot it like after season oh. two ended, like almost immediately. But they were back to back. They shot oh, them back okay. to back for sure. Okay, that I that I that I believe. But it, I, but I, I would think just it be... was before season two ended that they announced it. Was it before? It might have been before. I think it was like a couple weeks before season two ended that they announced it. Okay. Okay, that I could see. Okay. But we've known for a long fucking time. I know yeah. that. But I mean, that's still pretty. Um, that's still pretty amazing that if they shot them, if they would have shot them consecutively, that they could have made it through almost the entire season two airing before, without anybody yeah. finding out that they've literally shot a new season of the next generation. <laughs> yeah. But it it's odd to me that they shot two and three back to back or at the same time or whatever. I think it. Like I said, I think there was some overlap overlap between them because Terry, he worked on season two, but he was kind of distracted with something else. And then he came in to do season three. Who? Completely. Who? Uh, Metallus or whatever his name is. Oh, oh. Um, But it's odd to me that those two were shot so close together and they're the ones that feel the most different. Well, yeah, the, they're not even in the same time period. Yeah. I mean the, yeah. the the season two was completely well. Most of it was in the past, or an well, alternate. No, I don't even or an mean that. Future. It just like even if you just take the part of episode one and the part of episode ten that were in quote the Star Trek modern era, yeah. not like our modern era, but the Star Trek modern era. Yeah, it still feels like two totally different shows, and season one and two felt the same. Yeah, it definitely does. You're right. You're. I mean. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying. Right. No, I know. But I'm just trying to make sure my point is clear. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like I said, I think it's odder because they were shot so close together. Yeah. Well, they that also, be... the other thing that makes it weird is this is another show where they do fucking weird time jumps between seasons and then they don't explain to you that how there's, long? that yeah, that there's been a time jump or how long it's been. Yeah. Well, so, and see, I'm in the TNC discord and Apparently, a lot of those people in there have followed the production. Supposedly, yeah. it was supposed to be like five to ten years, uh, five to ten year gap between two and three. But for yeah. some reason, they condensed the timeline because they wanted it to be on the 250th anniversary of the NX-01 launch. Mm. But some elements of the bigger time jump are still in there. So that makes it feel even more fucked up. Right. It's like, yeah, there's like so many things, like especially like Riker and Troy. Like their relationships seem oh, yeah. to be completely different than where it was when you saw them in episode or in season one, right? Well, it's it's not even that it feels it. Yeah, you're right. It feels like completely different, but it feels like two different sets of characters too. Kinda, yeah. Like the shit they went through in season three feels like it should have happened before season one. Right. Yeah. It's that seems like something that they would already have gotten past. That's my point exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It and feels then, like they had. They were in season one. They had already both like come to terms with the death of their son, and not like get, got over it because I don't think that's something you could ever get over. But you know, no. But they they live with they've it. They've learned not like, to deal with it. Yeah, yeah, it's not like completely torturing their right and destroy. But their then marriage. you jump to season three, and Riker's like, "Yeah, me and her, we don't really talk that much because I got shit going on." And it's like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, it's like, "What? When did that happen? You were a fucking farmer before, weren't you?" Or right, living like, on a fucking farm planet. You're making fucking burnt pizzas and burnt shit. Pizzas, and you two yeah. are like, oh yeah, it sucked, but you know, we made it through. But then but then it's also weird too, because didn't 
at the end of season one, wasn't he like the captain of the Titan? Wasn't he in command of the Titan again? When they came into, when they swooped into like rescue, or you know they, they swooped. Right, in I on, know what you're talking about. When they needed help. Yeah, so it seemed like it seemed like he was like commissioned. I don't again or remember something. if that was the Titan or not. I thought it because was because I think like he had gone into reserve, you know. Mm. So almost like if shit gets real bad, call Riker and oh. every other captain that's in the reserves. Okay, so I, I think see. he was on a different ship than the Titan. Okay. I think. I could be wrong. I, I can't remember at this point. I'd have to go back and rewatch it. But yeah, because I, I felt like that was kind of weird. Like it was like, so what? They can just like, and, and even in season three with uh, Picard, it was like, so can they just like show up whenever, even though they're retired, they just show up whenever and they're like fucking Admiral still. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the thing. I don't think, I don't think in any other Star Trek it's been like that. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, it, it just felt we, kind of weird. It was like. Right. You know, like all of his admiral codes work and mm-hmm. you know it's like really like uh i don't think that's how it works in the military if a general retires i don't think he. Can i want to say this and... before we get too deep yeah because i'm gonna have a few more complaints i do think season three is easily the best and i like oh, yeah, the first I, two I, seasons. oh i really yeah I, I enjoy the show a lot i'm not like yeah <laughs> i mean this sounds like we're shitting on it but that's why i wanted to get in front of it and be like i like the show you like the yeah. show i don't want to speak are all, for you but you like these the are show. all these are all complaints that are easily like just pushed to the side and been like, yeah, it's, it's don't worry but about it. Don't, don't think about it. It's it, don't, don't think about true, it. That's true, but it's also like they're complaints that could have easily been fixed too. Yeah. That's why I think they nag at me and annoy me so much. Right. Yeah. I mean, um, it, it, I'm, what I'm saying is that they're like complaints that are only complaints if you, if you really think about it too long and you're like, wait, right. that doesn't make, but right. when you're watching no. it, it's like, this is fucking awesome. Right, you're one hundred percent right. Yeah, it's just like watching it's, it's like watching the prequels or something. It's like this is well, fucking awesome, and then you and then well, except for two. I don't know because I don't have as many issues with the prequels as most people do. No, but I mean there um, are some that that don't right, come up right. unless you really think about it, and you're like, right, mm, wait a minute. But I I think some of these are bigger because, like I said, it feels like three different shows that they're like, I don't know, just do them under the banner of Picard. It almost reminds me of like what American Horror Story is. Yeah. Or it's an anthology, it's an anthology every year. Yeah, with the yeah. same actors, just different characters. Kind of, yeah. And like different versions they, uh, of the same people. Right. Yeah. It it almost feels like a Star Wars Infinities or whatever the fuck they called it, or Marvel What If. Mm. What if we did these three different seasons? We told these three different stories of Picard that aren't really connected, but they have some connections. Right. That's what it feels like to me because we talked about it with season two. For me, the weirdest thing was, because I've watched season one, I think, twice all the way through. Mm-hmm. When they start off with like, oh yeah, fucking, I can't remember her name. Is it Soji or Dodge? The one that survived season one. Oh, by the way, mega spoilers, gang. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's Whichever one of Data's daughters survived season one, suddenly she's fucking, she's fucked off. She's kind of like a senator. She's like a representative for all the um, synthetics and shit. And I'm like, well, that's fucking weird because it seemed like she was kind of getting into this whole Starfleet thing, you know? 
and then like Seven and Rafi, they're dating. I'm like, where the fuck did that come? Yeah, from? that was I've got that no problem came out of, with it. Like, but where the fuck did it come from? Right. Yeah. I was like, I was like, that's fucking hot. And then I was like, well, wait, but, but how did it get there? I mean, I had the opposite reaction. I was like, how the fuck did this happen? I mean, it's hot, but how the fuck did this happen? Right. So same reaction just flipped. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, that was the weirdest thing for me. It's like, where the fuck is this coming from? Mm-hmm. And then what was the other thing? There was another big sticking point I had with uh, season two. Oh, fucking Elnor. All of a sudden he goes from like, I've got to protect Picard at all costs. being like, fuck that Picard guy. I'm in Starfleet now. And I was like, what? How? What the? F- and like Rafi's his fucking mentor. I'm like, this makes no fuck. What did we miss? And then they're like, oh, yeah, it's been like six or nine months. And I was like, that was a fucking productive nine months. Oh, yeah, no shit. And then like season yeah, that- two to season three. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, yeah, that's true. They 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 get shit done, dude. <laughs> like shit happens no in this shit. world. Like nine months might as well be 90 years in my world. Right? It's like you struggle to get fucking out of bed. And these motherfuckers are like, oh, yeah, I've, I met this chick. We dated. We broke up. And it's like, wait, what? And she's like, this other chick is like, oh, yeah, I'm fucking like the queen of all these motherfuckers now. And it's like, huh? Yeah. I can barely wipe my own ass. Yeah. I did the laundry this weekend. Fuck it, eh? Um, And then like the jump to season two to three, I th- part of the problem, and you and I talked about the production reasons, the reason they cleared the decks of almost all of the new Picard characters is so they could afford the TNG cast, which it's like, okay, I understand that. But, like, I miss what's-his-fuck who went back in time, Rios. Yeah, I was I was kind of bummed that... I mean, it was kind of cool because that was kind of cool for his story that he stayed behind and, right, you know, lived his life what he wanted to do or whatever. But at the same time, mm-hmm. I was like, well, that's a bummer. I kind of started liking him. Yeah, and I mean, the way they're like, oh, yeah. And obviously, you're fucking two, three, four hundred years in the future. You know the motherfucker died. But they're like, well, oh, yeah, yeah they, he died in a bar fight. Yeah. And it's like, what? Oh. oh, okay. I thought maybe you'd get to grow old with this super hot lady and be like a stepdad to her kid. No, he's just like, come on, motherfucker. Right. Uh, which I'm, like I said, I had major problems with that. I thought it was dumb. I thought it would have been cooler to have her come to the future, pull a fucking Star Trek four, which that's my major problem with Star Trek four. The fucking mom from seventh heaven, she comes to the future and then they're like, yeah, fuck her. You never hear about her again, you know? That's true. They just left her in the future. They're like, oh, bye. You live here right. now. They're like, you can come forward and learn all of our technology and shit, but fuck you. You don't get to be part of this no more. Yeah. They're the stars. You're a hanger on. And I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought it would have been like cool to redo that and, you know, kind of do it right. Yeah. I'm sure that the mom from Seventh Heaven, she had like all kinds of shit in the memory beta and the novels and the comics and shit. Because when there's that many Star Trek novels, you know they're like, fuck, uh, who do we use now? Oh, fuck, who do we use? Oh, yeah, oh, remember, that late, remember that gal from from 4 that came to the future? Let's write a book about her. Fucking A. Um, so I'm sure she got development there, but it's like, on screen. We saw her first on screen. Give us more on screen. But nothing. Anyway, yeah, so I thought they would they could have redone that and done it better. Because it's like, also, now you got this kid to fucking do shit with, you know? Even if you don't show it, you can like check in with Rios every once in a while and be like, yeah, I'm a proud dad. Here's my cigar. <sighs> you know? And that was another thing in like season three. All of his fucking EMHs on that ship were fucking gone, which made it even oh, yeah. weirder, you know? Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. But 
uh, like, okay, they had the whole fucking Borg thing in season two, right? Right. Then early on in season three, they're like, we haven't had any interactions with the Borg, Borg in 10 years. And I'm like, well, what the fuck are you talking about? What about Gerardi, motherfuckers? Yeah, that's what I, yeah. That, yeah, that's the question I had, too, was like, well, wait a minute, didn't, 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 aren't they, like, guarding some fucking portal somewhere for the Federation? Don't, don't they count that? And yeah. that's the, that's the other thing, too. I was waiting this whole time, this whole season, I was like, where the fuck is the Gerardi Borg queen? Why, don't, right. why doesn't she show up with her Borg people and fuck these Borgs up? Uh-huh. Nothing. So, so uh, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what happened there. But, yeah, you're right. It, it kind of felt like there was a several threads that was like, did, did we miss something? Did or something happen off screen between seasons and they just didn't really say right. it? Like, what and am I missing? One of the major ones for me, and I talked about this in the TNC Discord, I was like, okay, somebody correct me if I'm wrong. But in season two, uh, well, I'm not. For once, I'm not. I know. (laughs) Shockingly, for once, I'm not wrong. Oh, you are. You just don't know what it's about yet. (laughs) I was like, correct me if I'm wrong, but in season two of Picard, when he goes to 10 forward and he talks with fucking uh, Guinan and, you know, Q comes in with the bulldog or whatever, or was that in the past? I don't remember. Not 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 Q, Q, but Quinn, Brian Quinn Q. Right. The other Q. But it's old Guinan and old Picard, and they're sitting there in 10 forward. Wasn't that the first time he had been to 10 forward? And they were like, uh, yeah. And that was only a couple years before. Well, in Picard season three, they show flashbacks of him in 10 forward. And it's set like a year or two before he goes there with Guinan and meets Guinan. Yeah. So I'm like, what the fuck? And that's what I mean when it's like, it's simple shit that they could have fixed. Just don't make it that far back. I mean, it works better because, again, spoilers, that's where he first meets his kid, and he's like, fuck family, fuck blood, Starfleet, that's your family. Yeah. But well, it's so also like, was that, we've was established that in, canon. Was that in 10 Forward when he yeah. burned that flag? Oh, it was? I didn't, I didn't pick that yeah, up. Yeah, because they had that set, so they were like, fuck it, we need to use this, so they, it's so they could, you know, lower costs on season and three. And that, that was supposed to be two years before he went back in the... It was like a year or two before he went there for the first time in season two. Oh, okay. See, now you're fucking my head up. We're doing time travel shit now, and now I'm like... No, no, it's not time travel. It's the flashback of him meeting Jack. Right, I get it. I get it, but the time... Yeah, but you're right. It doesn't make any sense, because when he went... Right. When he went back in time, it seemed like he was like, had never been there before. Well, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about when he went back in time. When old Picard goes to meet old Guinan for the first time in season two, and it's like, oh, Guinan, oh, right. I haven't seen you in so long. Right. They act like that's the first time he's ever been in the 10 forward bar right. that she okay. has. I got you. I follow you now. But that flashback in season three is set before that. It's like a year or two before that. And that's what I said on the TNC Discord. like, correct me if I'm wrong. And everybody was like, no, you're right. That's how it played out. They, For some reason, they ignored the continuity. Oh, that's fucked up. And I'm like, that's an easy fucking fix, though. Because I think it was like five years ago, and I think there was like three years between seasons. Whoever their continuity person was didn't do a very good job. Right. So it's like little shit like that is what annoyed me. Because, again, it feels like three different people had ideas for a season of a show starring Picard, and they were told, all three of them were told, go for it. And they did, and there's nothing that lines up about it, you know? 
other th- the only thing that they kind of carried over was that in the f- season one finale, Picard died and he got a golem body. That's the only thing they carried over. Right. And honestly, I mean, it, it makes sense that he could have just made another one, but I don't remember him having a spare body. You don't uh, remember him having what? A spare body. I thought he gave his only body to Picard. Oh, uh, soon? Yeah, soon. Yeah, he built that golem body because he was going to try and transfer his own consciousness into it. But when Picard was dying, he was like... Yeah, he gave it to him. So he must he had to have built another body after that, I guess. Oh, for the data? For data, yeah. I think that was something that he'd worked on over the years. Oh, okay. And like when synths were banned, they were like, give it, asshole. Hmm. So he gave that up, which that's another weird thing. For some reason, they just killed that new song that he played. Well, I mean, how many fucking Brent Spiners are you going to have in one season full time? Well, I'm not even saying like he's got to show up and be like, hey, I'm fucking singing it up, bitches. Just mm. he can be out in the galaxy. Fucking Gerardi is. They never mentioned her. That's true. I don't know. I guess <laughs> it I guess it made it more poignant or. Yeah, that, I guess. that he gave that he that he he gave the only body he had left. Right, he gave his for, last shot to Picard. To, right, and well, no, he gave it to Data. Well, no, like I said, I, I would have to watch the whole series again, but I think what that was was, he was working on that body for Data, where he was trying to bring Data, Lore, Lal, and I yeah. think there was somebody else, their consciousness together. <clears throat> I think he was trying to work. Oh, before, I think he was trying to bring all of them together before the synth ban. Before season one of Picard? Yeah, I think. Because after that, he went into hiding. Right. So, oh, so he must have still had that body hidden away somewhere? Or Starfleet took it from him when the synth ban was enacted. I think. I don't remember. Well, but he was dying when he recorded that video. Uh, Well, then maybe he did. That would be weird why he would... Yeah, he wasn't sick in season one. He looked like he was sick in that video. It'd be weird why he would try to fucking bring back data then. Instead of being like, okay, I'm going to make another body for my... That's fucking dumb. Now you're poking holes. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't... I don't know the guy's fucking rationale. Oh, I thought you was going to say, ain't too fun, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no. But I was just saying, maybe that... I mean, that made it a little more uh, poignant or gave it more weight that, that he thought bringing back data would be more beneficial to humanity than continuing his own life. I don't know, because like I said, that body was put on ice, figuratively. But, well, yeah, the body was put on ice, but Data's head was, I mean, Data's, their brains were already in it. I mean, they're, right. they're conscious, because he was the security system for the... Yeah, for that little outpost or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't remember all that now, how all that plays out. But yeah, th- those would be all my problems. Um, I think that pretty much covers any complaints that I had. Well, the the one that I told you... The I guess my biggest one, or the one that seemed, well, besides the lighting, but besides the, the what the lighting, oh yeah, like how dark, how fucking issue. dark everything is, and Which not I just the lighting, f- but but just the the designs. Everything is so fucking yeah. dark and. Well, I told you about the lighting. Gates was on Shuttle Pod, uh, Shuttle Pod show. That's the show that fucking Trip and Malcolm from Enterprise do. Mm-hmm. She said on there that. There was a scene that she shot with uh, Patrick Stewart where she goes, I literally couldn't see him because it, it was so dark. And you were like, so they shoot it that dark? And I was like, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I thought the I thought the problems were with, with like compression of the video and stuff like fucking with the, the brightness. 
Mm-hmm. I didn't know they actually intentionally lit the sets like that. Oh, yeah. Because for some reason, they feel it feels more cinematic. Mm. Which I told you they did that on Generations, too, when they shot the Enterprise yeah. D bridge. Yeah. It's way darker than it ever was in the show. Yeah, that's yeah, true. And some people are like, yeah, and it looks better. And it's like, no, it doesn't. Mm. I like being able, able to see every fucking nook and cranny of that set. Yeah. But, but anyway, the fuck do but, I know? <laughs> besides that, um, and that was just like a minor thing, really. I mean, it, it would tonally, I think it works better if it's a little not so like everything looks hopeless and depressing in these newer yeah. shows. You know, one other issue I had. What? While I'm thinking of it. Sorry to cut you off. That's okay. Um, but who was the I can't remember his name now. Oh, fuck that. Uh, Todd Stashwick played. Oh, uh, yeah. The. Oh, what was his the name? The new captain of the Titan. Yeah, I can't think of his name now. What was his name? My one complaint about that character, because I, I dig that dude. I think he's a good actor and shit. He's been in a bunch of shit, and he's good. My one complaint about him, though, is that he feels like fucking Rios from se- early season one. Kind of, yeah. Like, they just cloned that character because both of these people who had ideas for Picard seasons... Mm-hmm. Like, I got this idea for a dude. And that that kind of threw me off, too, because it's like it feels like just a copy of where Rio started. Kind of did, Where he's yeah. just a sour, pissy, drunkard captain. Right. He was just a dick to be a dick. Yeah, he's some the one, asshole the one thing, from Chicago. Yeah, the one thing about his character, shit. though, I, I did like, but they kind of overplayed it to the point where it was like, oh, this guy's not fucking likable at all, was, uh, was how he, like, was just not having any of... Uh, Picard and Riker's bullshit shenanigans. Like he, he was just oh, not yeah. having. He was just not having their fucking right. Their adventures, mm-hmm. and and was not was not being duped by any of their shit. Like I know yeah, what he's like doing. I'm by the book. You guys can go do your dickhead advan- adventure shit. Right, but they just overplayed but, it to where they were just like yeah, he just like doesn't like them just because they were they get treated because like they like pew pews. He was pissy. Yeah, yeah, and. I think the reason they overdid that aspect of his character was for that buyback at the end where he was, you know, he was reporting seven and then all of a oh, sudden yeah, he's oh, like, yeah. you know, she's awesome. Make her captain or whatever. Yeah. No, I get it. I'm just saying I think they went a little too far. Right. But I, I think that was the logic behind it because they went at that so hard and it's like, you don't have to go at it that hard to buy it back. Yeah. You know, that's what I mean. I'm agreeing. Yeah. It, it, it was an odd choice. Real odd fucking choice. Um, but my other little nitpick that I had was, and I guess it kind of feeds in with sort of stuff that you had said, but I wasn't a huge fan of how they just made it seem like Picard is the only important person in the entire fucking galaxy. Yeah, you told me that. But I guess I guess it kind of makes sense because that was part of the theme of this season was, why does all this bad shit always happen? Like, why are you the cause of all of this stuff that happens? And like right. this season, he literally was the cause. Right. But, but at the same time, it was like, you know, he's like, like this shit always finds him. Like he's the one. Like nobody else. It almost makes it seem like nobody else is competent enough. Yeah. To mm-hmm. to to handle anything or to uh, you know fix problems or whatever. Yeah. In a way, it makes him feel like Superman. Where like it's a Superman. Like... Yeah. That's that was where I was going with it. Was it was like a Superman. Uh, yeah. Conundrum. Mm-hmm. And that reminds me of something else you and I talked about offline or off mic. Like, 
everybody looks at Picard and they're like, oh, the legend. And they're bowing down, kissing his fucking feet and shit. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, they didn't do that with everybody else. Like, yeah, Rafi was like, holy shit, you're Worf. Right. Or somebody was like, holy shit, you're Jordy. Right. But it seems like to the general public, Picard was the hero of the Enterprise D and the other everybody else was, you know, kind of riding his coattails. Right. Everybody else was just an there. employee. Yeah. And you and I talked about that. And you're like, it's kind of weird that all the problems, the only one who can solve a problem in this universe is Picard. And I was like, and it feels kind of weird that he's the only one on that entire ship that was a fucking legend. You're like, kind of, yeah. Well, yeah, like it's the credit for all, for saving right. the galaxy a billion times. Even though fucking Riker was known for being the captain of the Titan and shit. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. Picard's here. Right. So yeah, that was a weird little bit of something something too but yeah overall i really fucking dug it i i kind of wish we would have gotten more time of the tng cast together but i understand the reason why they did it the way they did yeah why it was so broken apart like everybody was in their own groups for so long right it worked so i can't be like you didn't do it well enough no you did it fucking perfectly awesome just a fat little pig and i wanted more (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh yeah, I, I, I really liked, um, oh, what's her name? Uh, fuck, why can't I think of who? her name now? Um, LeVar's daughter? Who? I said LeVar's daughter? <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, the villain. Oh, uh, Honey Bunny. Yeah, Honey Bunny. I can't, I can't think of her, real, her, her actual name, though. Why can't I think of her I can't name? think of her name, too. That's why I just kept calling her Honey Bunny. <sighs> Is it Amanda Plummer? Amanda Plummer, that's it. Okay. I was just um, getting ready to Google it, and it's like, no, don't yeah. Google. You know this, fat boy. Yeah. No, I really liked her villain. I thought I thought she was the right amount of scenery chewing. Yeah. And and she's fun to watch. Like, yeah, she was over the top in scenery chewing, but she did it really well and really entertaining. Yeah, that was one of the things you told me when I told you how deep into it I was. You were like, what do you think about her? And I was like... I think she's doing pretty good. And you're like, I was afraid she'd be a little too scenery chewy, but fuck, did she do it well? And I was like, yeah, she did. And the the overall plot was uh, kind of good, like the mystery. Yeah. And I think they, they kind of wrapped it up a little quick. Like they solved the problem a little too quick. A little too yeah, but we've said that about every season also, because like they had this long, protracted, drawn out fucking shit going on in season two and then they got to that last episode and you're like how the fuck are they gonna land this right and then it was all wrapped up in a tiny little bow they pat you on the ass and kick you out the door yeah yeah they like basically flip a switch and it's all fixed it's like yeah well shit that wasn't really that much of a threat at all was it right (laughs) well nothing's a threat when you got picard on board (laughs) yeah (laughs) the legend (laughs) yeah i was surprised that it ended up being the borg again which again it's like the fucking borg again but oh yeah yeah but it it worked and it it you know it was fine and it did surprise me because i was like what the fuck do the changelings have to do with picard like why do they have such a hard on for him all of a sudden i was kind of hoping that when they were like you know the changelings have infiltrated starfleet and shit like that yeah i was kind of hoping that instead of something like that that they would do something with those bugs from like season one or whatever that were getting into everybody's chests and shit um 
Oh, they were in the, like the highest command the, of Starfleet oh, yeah, the, yeah, shit, yeah, and then yeah, they, they s- never mentioned them again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Season one and, of the show, the the next uh, yeah, generation TNG. show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they were like they're everywhere, and then they get rid of those, and then they're like, but they're still out there. Right. Never right. mention oh, the yeah, motherfuckers would... again. Seven seasons, four movies, and three seasons of Picard, and they're like, nope, fuck them bugs. That's a call. That's a good call. I I forgot about that. Yeah, that would have been cool. But I think that probably would have been like, huh? Too many people would have been like, huh? Yeah. The fuck is this? But I think it's probably only fresh in my mind because that's the only season I've seen. Oh, yeah. So it's like, of course, I'm like, this important thing. <laughs> yeah, but then they were they're like revealing all this lore about the Dominion War and the changelings. And I'm like, I don't remember any of this. Like, I got to go back and watch DS9 again because I don't remember any of this stuff yeah. happening. <laughs> yeah. They yeah, did what like, now? The, the Dominion War and the Changelings did this. And I remember I asked you, it's like, were the Changelings big in the Dominion War? And you're like, oh, I guess. <laughs> I, I was like, I guess. I remember I remember the Jemadar and the uh, the Cardassians. And, yeah. And I remember... Uh, the, you know, I, I remember at the very end that that yeah, Odo goes back to the Great Link or whatever, but I don't remember any of that. Spoilers. All, sorry, all of that. Uh, <laughs> and the, like the in between stuff, I guess all the yeah the details of the war itself. Well, I told you, I I kind of went to read about the Dominion War, but since I've only seen the first season of DS Nine. Mm-hmm. I'm reading it and they're talking about like these three different factions that were involved. And I'm like, I have no fucking clue who these people are. Yeah, I think the I think the changelings might have been called the founders or something. I like, don't know. That might have been their faction. I don't remember. I all I know is it sounds like one wacky game show. Yeah, it it got yeah it got convoluted obviously because I I was like I don't remember any of this detail. Like I said, I tried reading about the Dominion War and I'm like. I don't know who those fucking people are. I don't know who these fucking people are. I don't even know how to pronounce that fucking word. <laughs> yeah. So it was just like, fuck it. I ain't reading this shit. Maybe someday I'll see it, but I ain't reading it. <laughs> yeah. Because it just seemed like a bunch of fucking gobbledygook to me. Yeah, kind of. That's probably why I don't remember it. It kind of was, but- was just like, it was just kind of like techno babble. Like blah, 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 right. blah, blah, blah. Pew, 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 pew. War's over. <laughs> But that's what everybody is like, oh, that's when it got awesome and it was great. Although, you know what? I I do remember not being as into it in the later seasons for reasons I almost was about to spoil um, mm. for you. But I Oh, is I that because to... of the change in Dax's? Yes. Yeah, I figured. I was so, I was so distraught. I was yeah. like, oh my God, I can't believe they did that. Why would they do that? Worf was so happy. Yeah, that's one of the few things I do know about the later seasons, and it's like, I there's nothing I got nothing against that actress. I know nothing about her, so I couldn't be like fuck her. Oh, but it one, just the one they changed to. Yeah, yeah, she was fine. It was it wasn't it wasn't that she took over. It was that yeah. they killed the other one, and I was like, fuck right, this right. show. Right, but I mean, I didn't even I I don't know the details of it, so I'm not looking at her being like fuck her. I'm just looking at her like, I don't know who she is. Yeah. No, she was fine. And it was only for like one or two seasons. So it was really weird. Right. But right. I think it was like a contract thing or. Yeah, it was. It was some behind the scenes bullshit that led mm-hmm. to it, which which made it even worse. It was like, fuck, really? Right. You couldn't have worked something out. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Even just like be like, well, Dax went off to live on a farm upstate. 
No, you gotta be like, that bitch blowed up. Well, it's because I guess they wanted the the Dax part to still be there. Right. Right. But um, the, the, we haven't talked about the biggest thing. We ain't talking about that big D. Big D. Oh, Data? The fucking Enterprise D. Oh. <laughs> the big D. Oh, Data? The D fuck? For D. I mean, D's for Data, um, right? <laughs> D is for Data. It's good enough for me. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The e is for Enterprise. Fuck face. Don't you know your alphabet? that might have to go down as one of our great quotes he is for enterprise fuck face (laughs) um the enterprise d fuck face oh yeah that was cool well even before that the like the when wharf showed up yeah when he was revealed like i got like i don't know why i wasn't expecting that to be her contact like i had no idea that that's like they totally had me in the dark about yeah like who her her contact was i was like who is this new mysterious contact character and then he shows up and it's wharf and i'm like oh i felt so stupid oh my god it's the guy i know i felt so stupid and yet at the same time i got goosebumps and was like oh fuck that's here he is and they played the klingon theme in the background i was like oh shit yeah Things are about to fucking get real now, and I I really did like the the twist on his character or the 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 path that they put his character on, where he's like almost like a pacifist, not like a Buddhist yeah. monk now, almost like he's like, yeah, I, I don't I don't like being mad all the time. <laughs> right, he's like, I'm only gonna fuck shit up if I have to, not right, you know, because I want to. <laughs> right, and I'm gonna make fun of how weak you are while I beat your ass easily. Right. They really did kind of give him a bit of a Spider-Man twist, didn't they? Where he's like fucking popping you in the mouth, calling you Tubby, and it's like, oh, I don't like that Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> but like I like I told you, it it his change in personality kind of led to some pretty pretty good interactions between him and the rest of the crew when they meet up. Yeah, like, nobody knew that until they met with him. They're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> right? Are you on drugs? <laughs> Yeah, that was um, good. It was good. Yeah, it was really good. And uh, uh yeah, once once they got the all the crew back together, it was really good. Like it was I was like uh, this feels right. Right. It was like it was like really the first time in all 3 seasons of Picard that it felt right. Not that the other seasons were bad, this just felt natural. Yeah, it, they weren't bad, they just felt off. Right. Like but, something was missing. Right. And then and it was like that this is what this feels like what it should be. But see, that was one of the things that caused Stuart to sign on is he said he didn't want it to just be season eight of TNG. Right. I understand. I understand it too, but I feel like those first two seasons should have had more of the old cast sprinkled through, not just Riker and Troy. Uh, yeah, I agree. There should have, yeah, it should have, it shouldn't have been so abrupt that everybody comes back together at the end. Yeah. That, that almost made it more weird or awkward. Right. I mean, I could understand if you want to do the thing with uh, Crusher where she, you know, she was like, fuck y'all, I'm out, like yeah. she did, which I still thought that was a little weird. It was a little but weird. I get it. You want to do that with one of the characters so you can have this big reunion and be like, oh my God, she's back. The other thing that I was, I thought was kind of weird, though, was like 
when they're like, oh my God, we all haven't been together like this in so long. And it was almost like them saying to the audience, like, we haven't been together like this in so long, which we, the audience, know is bullshit because that crew sees each other all the fucking time because they really did fucking bond. Oh, yeah, in real life. Yeah, yeah. Right. So that felt a little weird to me because they were almost playing it like it was the first time they'd all seen each other. And I'm like, this is bullshit. There's no truth in this art. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, talk about the Enterprise D. But yeah, then, then yeah, because at, at one point, well, early on, before the season even started, they people were speculating that, that they were going to bring in the the Enterprise E because the correct the, yeah it, like it had disappeared and nobody knew nobody had ever heard what happened to it and they never explained where it went or which they made a joke about that and they were like well they're they'll we may find out and then they you know they had the ship museum and stuff and it was like one of these fucking ships is going to show like that E is in that fucking space yeah. station somewhere I know it but I I was wrong it wasn't the E it was the D which blew my mind because I was like, and once they got closer to it, closer to it happening, I was like, oh, they're going to fucking do the D somehow. Mm-hmm. And and it blew my mind because I was like, how the fuck did they pull that off? Like, how did they manage to, to, to do that? And they're like, oh, yeah, well, you know, they recovered the saucer section from the, the crash site. And Jordy's like, yeah, and then I just got the body from another fucking uh, galaxy class. And right. Re- and and put them together. And so there you go. Now now the D is back. I've been I've been working on it. Did you notice it was almost like um the vanity shots at at the beginning of the motion of Star Trek the motion picture where they yeah, reveal it? It I was did. almost like that when they're pulling that one out of the fucking thing. I was laughing. I was like, it's so funny. It didn't come off as slow and painful to me. No 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 yeah. no no. But it but it was like the same kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know what reveals. you're saying. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, I got, yeah, that gave me goosebumps too. I was like, oh my it's, God. Well, I was, I'm not going to go into the reasons why, but I was kind of watching spoilers for this show for you. So I had that spoiled for me. Oh yeah. Oh, you did? But. Sorry. Oh yeah. No, that's fine. No, you were just watching but, out because I didn't want to see if any of the crew got killed. If you told right. me that, I wanted to know in advance. So I could make a decision whether to even watch it. Right, right, right. Or be like, fuck this show. Exactly. Right. Because, like, yeah, I understand where you're coming from. It's after watching Han, Luke, and Leia all fucking get killed. Yeah, I'm like, I don't need to see any more of this. Come on, guys. <laughs> right. It's like, I don't need my fucking childhood friends and heroes to be like, you love him, right? Yeah, now he's got a just, hole in his just head. Just don't give me any more shows. <laughs> I don't, don't just bring him back just to kill him. I, I don't right, need to yeah. see it. That's not what I want. Like I said, you don't want him to be like, you love him, right? Now he's got a hole in his head. You like him with a hole in his head? Yeah. Do you still like him? Deal with that. Why are you crying? Yeah, motherfucker. Now I'm going to go over here and fucking puff my chest out. Oh, you want to watch fucking Crusher die too, motherfucker? Come on, dick with me. You want dick? Let's dick. It's like, no, calm down. I don't want that. Um, But yeah, so I was kind of watching hardcore for spoilers for that reason. And I had it spoiled, but even when I watched it, I was still like, ah. Which just goes to prove what I've always said, where it's like, even when I know spoilers, I can still fucking get down and be like, oh, my God. You know? Yeah. It's just better when you don't know. Oh, no. I'm sure it would have been more shocking and more like, oh, my God, this is so cool. But even so, I was still sitting there being like, oh, my God, this is so cool. Right. That's the cool thing about this season, too. It's like 
they didn't do like everybody else where, like I said, they didn't fucking shoot your friend and be like, still love him. They brought your friend that died back and was like, hey, look, ain't he purdy? Yeah, like, that's, that's my a good ship. Point. That's a good point. Yeah, they resurrected things instead of killing them. That was... Right, which was pretty fucking cool. Yeah, for sure. And like I said, I don't even have the affection for that ship because, again, I've only seen the movies in season one of TNG. So I've seen that ship 25, 26 times. Yeah. And still I was like, ha. Ah. <laughs> yeah, and the the difference between the cock the bridge, I almost said cockpit. The difference between the bridge of <laughs> of like the Titan versus that is like Oh yeah. so di- like oh that's so much nicer looking. Oh yeah. To me anyway. That looks like so much more like Star Trek. No, that was a common complaint because I sent you early in season 1, somebody took a shot of the hallways from the Titan and added mm. the carpet back in and it instantly looked like 30% better. Yeah, 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 I remember that. Because it's not just cold steel and glass. Yeah, and they even made jokes about that. I, I thought that was funny, yeah. too, when they're like, the yeah. thing he misses the most, and you think he's going to say something profound, he's like, the carpet. Uh-huh. I was like, yes, and all you know, of us. All of us feel the same. Fucking A. Yeah. Um, the one thing you and I talked about, too, with the uh, Enterprise D, it was like, how does the lighting look? And you're like, I don't know. It's it's about like the fucking Generations lighting. No, it's not. Yeah. It's somewhere between TNG and Generations. So it's... Because it, to me, you have like three ways of lighting. You have the TNG where everything has a spotlight on it. Generations where they cinematically lit it. And then you've got the fucking shit of Picard and whatnot where... You can't see a goddamn thing. This was somewhere between TNG and Generations, and I dug it. I think it was closer to TNG, though, because it was pretty fucking bright. But, yeah, oh, it was so good. Anything else you want to say about Picard? Um, no, I liked how, uh, I liked, uh, I liked the, <laughs> you the whole always data do that. I don't know, but, <laughs> no, I, I, I did like the, the data stuff. I thought it was, yeah. I thought it was pretty clever that they intentionally, like, were like, uh, Soong made this body old so that yeah. he might be wiser because he has an older body. I don't know if that makes any sense, but at the same time, I was like, well, that's a good way to, you know, address the obvious <laughs> that, mm-hmm. that Data doesn't look like Data anymore. Um, yeah, I'm glad they didn't try to de-age him again because that looked fucking weird in season one. It did look it, it did look kind of weird. Yeah, no, I'm glad they, they went with um, the way they did, and I thought he did a really good job yeah, switching between the different characters mm-hmm. in, in his head, and Spiner really is the secret weapon of that cast. Kind of, yeah, kind of, yeah. I mean, he he basically had the same role as Leonard Nimoy. Yeah, and you know what's funny is like everybody always said that Nimoy was like, "I'm not doing fucking Star Trek two unless you kill me" or whatever, and that's come to find out been you know an urban legend. He never said that. Right. Because there were interviews where uh, he said somebody at the studio was like, well, we were going to ask you to do this, but you wanted Spock to be killed. And I think it, it, when they were talking about him directing three yeah, and he goes, show me. And they were like, what? And he goes, show me where I said that. And I'm like, well, you did. And he goes, show me because I never fucking said that. And I'm like, you didn't? And I was like, no. And they were like, oh, well, apparently Spiner did say the only way he would do... Uh, Nemesis is if they killed Data. 
Oh, really? Oh, that was such a t- poor decision. I hated that movie. Yeah. Well, he was he got a story credit on it too. Oh, really? So it's like he was definitely heavily involved with that decision. Yeah. But it is weird that like he did that, and then spoilers, he was in Enterprise, not as Data, but still, Spiner was in Enterprise. He was in all three seasons of Picard. Yeah. And it's like it's odd to me that he's like, you got to kill that fucking robot, but he's like. I'll still show up. Well, I, it could be buyer's remorse or or like a be careful what you wish for type situation where it's like, oh, well, now I can't hardly get jobs doing anything else. <laughs> I, I mean, it could be and it could just be he was like, I fucking hate this makeup. Well, that too. Yeah, I'm sure. That I hate the makeup and I hate wearing these goddamn contact lenses, motherfuckers. Yeah, but your fucking bank account doesn't, though. Well, I mean, and that's the thing. It's like none of those fuckers needed this. None of them needed to be be in this. Sorry, everybody. If you hear any noise, they're doing construction outside the gas company still. Oh, fun. I just heard something and it sounded like fucking something coming through the window. But it's like none of this cast needs the money. <laughs> fucking A, he's coming through being like, you talking shit? And I'm like, no, mm-hmm. sir. Uh, especially like fucking Michael Dorn. He definitely doesn't. Oh, no, he works all the time. He does, but he doesn't need to, is my point. Yeah. Well, I'm just because, saying he can work. Right. But there's been talk about how much he made for playing Wharf all those years. Holy fuck. He might have more money than fucking Patrick Stewart. Well, shit. He was in... Yeah. I mean... Yeah. I do think about him sometimes. It's like, there is nobody who... Especially with how they do Star Trek now, where they're like 10 episodes, 13 episodes a season... Nobody mm. is ever going to touch Dorn. No. Because he did seven seasons, five movies, four more seasons, and now this ten episodes. Nobody's ever going to touch him. Yeah. I would agree with that, probably. But, um... But, yeah, but anyway, I, the back to the data thing. I, I liked... Yeah. I liked how they eventually resolved that. Yeah. With with data tricking lore in, in his... In his brain essentially right like, like he's like i'm stronger than you and uh you know you might as well I'm just stronger give up than and, you and suck my dick robots yeah and you you might as well just give up and not fight me and the data half's <laughs> like yeah and at first i was like oh no he's given up and then i realized right. halfway through like what he was doing and i was like oh i know what's gonna happen because uh-huh. he gave he gave him like his memories and his personality and all that stuff and then at the end he's like guess what now you're me and mm-hmm. was like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, robot. I hate robots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. robots. Yeah, I thought that was pretty clever. A clever way yeah. to, to resolve the fight. Right, yeah. It um, was really fucking good, dude. Yeah, it was. And with the almost anthological nature of it this is a season that i feel like i could watch time and again yeah yeah um the other two maybe season two yeah season two was fun delancey by himself yeah delancey by himself made it fun yeah he shows up at the end of this one spoilers i uh, that's what i wanted to wrap up on this yeah i wasn't expecting that at all yeah Uh, there's talk of a spinoff yeah. Like a Star Trek legacy almost. Terry keeps saying, it's like, well, I mean, we want to do it. We're interested, but it, it 
it's up to Paramount, so it kind of feels like a fucking Willow situation. Yeah. Where it's like they set up the T and then the studio is like, haha, and kicked it over. <laughs> right. So. Yeah, I mean, they'd be pretty stupid not to try to go for it, especially with uh, think... especially with Discovery ending. Yeah. I mean, they're doing that Sector 31 movie, too, which they're saying that, like, they want to do a Paramount Plus movie every couple of years. So who knows? We might get it there, too. Just bring that group back and be like, yeah, here's fucking little baby Picard. And it's what? Hailing? Yeah. There's hail bouncing oh, awesome. off the roof. I, I had to get up and look. I heard some loud noise. Nice. Um, but yeah, I'm interested in that spinoff if it ever happens. Now, I think uh, Seven needs to dial it back a few percent on the scenery chewing. She's she's, she's a little scenery chewy. Uh, yeah. In some of her uh, line deliveries. You know, it it's funny that it works for a villain, but your heroes, it's like, all right, calm your fucking ass down. Right. You? Well, because the, the villain can be crazy can right. be a literal fucking psychopath and it's right. like oh yeah oh yeah look like, how he's oh, acting yep, that's the bad guy that guy's fucking crazy look at him but then the hero does it and you're like this guy's fucking crazy right like, well, i don't it, want this guy funny. get this person off the fucking bridge she's fucking nuts <laughs> it's funny that the only time it really works to have a crazy hero is when it was mel gibson but what's that tell you yeah well, yeah <laughs> i don't think there was much acting there uh no <laughs> Um, but yeah, you ready to put a pin into it? Put a pin into it? That came off weird. Mm-hmm. You ready to put a pin in it and yeah. throw to our guest Rooney on our podcast Rooney? Yep. Alrighty then. Um, here comes Andy gang from, uh, the Goldbergs and, uh, if you're in LA, improv. <laughs> I don't know if we have many LA listeners. Huh. I don't know. But yeah, it's Andy from Star Trek The Next Conversation coming up right about now. <laughs> or not. If he was like, I can't do it. <laughs> well, boy, did I just look stupid. <laughs> uh, Yeah, there you go. Celebrate the launch of the first book from the Nerd Blade. The Camp. Toss the place. We're not leaving until we find it. Sir, we found this. The camping trip and other stories. A collection of six horror short stories featuring monsters that are both human and fantastical. Is this it? We believe so, sir. Wow. I can't believe it. Humanity could have survived the hordes if only everybody had gone to Amazon and bought a copy of the camping trip and other stories. Sir, we found the time pad. We can fix this. Round up the squad. Hurry, we have to go back in time and make sure everybody goes to Amazon and buys a copy of The Camping Trip and Other Stories, the first Nerd Blitz book, so we can avoid this horrible future. Damn it, they're closing in! Looks like just you and me are going back, soldier. Save the future. 
Order your copy of The Camping Trip and other stories from Amazon now. All right. Now, after all that bullshit, are you ready? <laughs> I'm, uh, I was uh, born ready, which was a long time ago. I was born ready, and then there was a long time of us having tech problems. So it's really it's been a it's been quite a while that I've been ready. I believe I believe you. I was there, so I better. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Fitz and I just talked about it, but right now I have with me a man who once forgot how to pronounce his own name. That's me. <laughs> it's returning guest, and I I know about oh what. 40 minutes in, he's fucking regretting it. <laughs> Andy's back. It's me. It's Andy Secunda. That's how you say it, I think. I didn't. I said it fast, so I didn't think about it. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you agreed, I was like, I know how I'm going to intro him. <laughs> I figured you might appreciate the deep pull of that joke. Yeah, it's definitely a very deep cut. <laughs> This is probably hundreds of hours of my stupidity to, to draw from, but that's a good one. I mean, I've got over 600 hours in the last 10 years myself, so yeah. Yeah. I feel you. We just had a shit ton of tech problems, gang. In fairness, you, you had the tech problems. I was just a witness and trying to support. Oh, so it's starting early. <laughs> just, I'm just calling it like I see it. <laughs> you could have been like, yeah, we, but no, you got to be like, no, that fucking more. Yeah, this is not shared responsibility. You called me... <laughs> You said, let's start recording. I'm firing up all the equipment. And then it was another uh, another 40 minutes. Well, in fairness, I was ready to go like an hour ago when, or, well, hell, an hour and a half ago when you said, and then you're like, oh, can we push it a little later? That is true. I so, take responsibility for that. We're both at fault for this starting at midnight. Well, I'm not. I from the point when we were supposed to start, I don't I don't, you know, that I that I accept the delayed time there. That is all my responsibility. You delayed an hour, I delayed 45 minutes. All right, you're you're, th- you're the problem here. All right. I don't know if I go that far, but I accept <laughs> I accept that I'm 15% uh, sorry, 15 minutes uh more of a of an issue than you are. Okay, that, that's all I'm saying, man. All right, you win. <laughs> you you <laughs> You've won, you've won this very questionable round, Doom. <laughs> Anywho, so how you been the last three years? Oh, everything's been great. Not a single problem, not a cloud in the sky. All right, all right. Um, <laughs> uh, what is this? Is this is this was an occasion? This is a an anniversary of some kind, or? I yeah. Uh, this episode, I wanted to get a special guest because this weekend I'm celebrating ten years as an online entertainer. Oh my goodness! Congratulations. Yeah. I ain't got shit to show for it either. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the proof that you're an online entertainer. No shit, right? <laughs> Well, looking back on it, do you think there's a way you could have sort of changed your fortunes and like made made it like a breakout hit and like you were just like, ah, I didn't take advantage at this time or I didn't market it in, in a certain way? Because all my issues I can easily point to, to Matt as like, I don't want any <laughs> guests. I don't want to go on the road. I don't want to, you know, any, anything I suggest. He, Did you say, he shoots down. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. 
Oh, you can go ahead. It's your podcast. You can offend anybody well, you want. Gonna, I was going to break Fitz's balls. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, did you say Matt or Fitz? Oh, is that what Fitz does? There you go. Yeah, he's... Well, I mean, he, he just doesn't... I think sometimes I surprise him with my boldness of being like, hey, this fucker wrote for TV. Let's see if we can get him on. Yeah. And he's like, he doesn't want to be on? Or what? what is Fitz's I, concern? He, he gets too nervous. Right. And I mean, I mean, I'll be honest with you, in the hour leading up to doing this, yeah, yeah. I was shitting bricks too, but it's like, I think I have the vestigial Tale. remnants of Kevin Smith ringing in my head still where he spent so many years being like, why not? Just do it. Why not? Yeah. And I get in these moods, like, I know it was just recently your birthday, happy belated birthday. Thank you, sir. I, like you, when my birthday comes around, I I hit a real, real low place. Oh, do you? Yeah. What do you think drives it? Uh, um, I don't know. Mm. I really don't know. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I get real fucking dark. Right. You do as well, right? Definitely. Is it aging, or what's your... I think that's part of it, because, like, I never wanted to get older. <laughs> that's, that's your special thing? You didn't want to get older? Yeah. <laughs> Well, my mom used to say it all the time that because when I was little, I was fucking tiny, tiny little kid. Uh-huh. And she said, I used to say, mommy, when am I going to get bigger? And that was the thing. I wanted to be bigger, but I never wanted to be older. That was a very unconvincing kid voice, by the way, Doom. Well, I was, fuck you. <laughs> What's yours? <laughs> this is the way a kid sounds. Mommy, I want to get bigger. That's what a kid sounds like. <laughs> Okay, sure. My voice has been called creepy. That one's just unsettling. Sorry. So I interrupted your story. So you you told your mother you wanted to get bigger, and what happened? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, in many ways. Waistline specifically. Wait, you're saying you did get bigger? What happened? Well, I'll put it this way, and I've I've mentioned this before. Like, I had a huge growth spurt to the point where like, I've got stretch marks on my shoulders because I grew so fast. Oh, wow. How old were you? Like general or normal like 10 to 12 in there 10 to 12 Uh uh-huh so it's like yeah i started getting short and curlies and i was like i want to be bigger (laughs) you did Um, it yeah but hand in hand it came with fuck where'd these gray hairs come from well wait a minute not when you were 13 (laughs) i found my first gray hair at 18 i will have you know did you really yeah i mean it's still mostly brown yeah. No, it's brown. My hair is solid brown. Okay. Why are we focusing on me, man? I, I just, I, I, you know, I, you can spend as much time as you want talking about it. I was basically just asking you the direct question, which there you can answer it in a long form or you can answer it in short form. Why does your bo- well, birthday you bother this you? trick last time, though. We started talking about other bullshit, and, and then you're like, I got to go. And it's like, oh, don't you want to talk about you? And you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I have a podcast where I talk about Star Trek the whole time. I clearly don't want to talk about me. But I am curious what the what the core of the issue is. I I think it is the aging part. It's but, the aging as in mortality or just getting older? Uh, I mean, I don't mean to be a whore here, but I, I do kind of touch on this in our book that's coming out this weekend. Ooh. Where I do... Because I have no interest in kids. I don't want kids. Yeah. Because I see everybody else that has kids, and it looks like a complete fucking pain in the balls. Sure. So it's like, nope. Right. No, no, none of it. Don't want it. Okay. And how does it 
Yeah. I think it's some of it is like legacy. It's like, will anybody remember me? Yeah, yeah. That's reasonable. Right. Because all of my friends are older than me, too. Like, Fitz is 18 years older than me. My friend Angie's like 12 years older than me. So it's like, there, I'm, there's a very good chance I'm looking at a future where it's like, oh, they're gone, they're gone, they're gone, and I'm still here. Yeah. I'm going to be the one carrying on their stories. And How much older are your friends than you? Fitz is 18 years older than me, and Angie is 12. Wow, that's really interesting. And actually, this is this is actually not to not to rub salt in your wound, but this is comforting to me because almost universally, all of my friends are younger than me. Not all of them, but most of them. So, uh, but they're not so much younger than me that they're gonna like take care of me. Um, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, you keep this up, I won't either. <laughs> they're just less likely to uh, to uh, die before me. But it's an interesting take because I always sort of thought a bit more as the um the idea of like well you want a kid uh, not this obviously the only reason you want a kid but one of the one of the bonuses of having a kid is that it's like well you know when you're older then theoretically if you have a good kid then they'll sort of take care of you in some way or you'll have someone who's younger <laughs> that you right. can kind of you know can be your your safety net well, I mean, I'm but, kind of in that situation right now because my mom's disabled and I take care of her. Well, there you go. Your mom thought it out. You you, you didn't think it out, Doom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, she but was I, smart and I wasn't. So. But the interesting thing is it's an interesting sort of aspect that you brought up, which is just the idea of just legacy in general, just the idea of being remembered. Um, yeah. Like it's sort of like, you know, whether or not... You know, it's like, oh, they're going to erect a statue to him. It's it's just sort of, oh, there was a person here who remembers me and optimally remembers me fondly. And, and you know, what's funny about it, too, is like, I, I don't like recognition like that either. You don't? No. Well, you've carved out the right career for yourself, dude. No shit, right? <laughs> like, I compliments and shit make me uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, you're the best. But for me, it's like... I love hearing somebody say, like, I was having a shitty day, yeah. and, you know, I put on one of your YouTube videos, or I put on an episode of your podcast, and you guys made me laugh. Sure. It's wonderful. Right. And I'm sure you've been through that fucking thousands of times, be it with TNC or all the shows you've worked on. I uh, Three times. <laughs> <laughs> but I really treasure those three moments. Well, I've had five. Uh, no, I actually value that. I value it more with the podcast than with most of my professional work, except where I was an actor, because I, I on TV shows, even the ones that I've created, um, and this is which I want to touch on that. You don't have to because of what I'm about to say. Um, <laughs> I, I don't. It's like none of them were like, "This is mine. This is my vision." Right. Yeah. This is what I want it to be. I'm the one running it. I haven't had that yet. Okay. So in some ways, you know, I'm proud of things along the way. Like I wrote this joke or I wrote this, maybe this right. episode I had more of a hand on. But generally speaking, none of them are really like, that's me. I did it. Which is why I kind of wanted right. to be a, a film director. Um, and I'm sort of upset that I haven't. That's my, that's, that's a lot of tied into my darkness around my birthday is not having accomplished so artistically the things that I wanted and expressing myself. So it's like, even when I get compliments about say, whatever the Goldbergs, I'm, you know, I, I really probably don't do as good a job being polite as I should, but I try to be polite, but it's, 
you know, it's kind of like. I appreciate that. There were a lot of people involved. There was a showrunner. There's like, it's right, not really right. my thing. So I don't take it that much to heart. But with the stuff at the podcast. That's you on a platter. Well, it's certainly hard to deny that that's me because that's as close to <laughs> close to actually me as you're going to get. So right. yeah, if people say they enjoy it and whatever. And of course, I have, you know, I have no idea why people derive such, I guess they derive the pleasure from the, uh, from the endless, you know, miscues and and uh, digressions and bad podcasting but um but whatever it is uh that that makes me feel good i derive i drive satisfaction from that and i think as is also in the subtext of what you're saying there also have been many people that have written in and said they were going through really hard times right and listened to our our podcast during those hard times um and it's that's incredibly meaningful to me because we've all go- oh, yeah. we've all gone through those hard times, and I even in the past couple of years have started to listen to podcasts in that way, uh, where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, this is um, this is these these people are keeping me company during these hard times, and so right. I really respect it, and I it really is meaningful. Well, that's interesting that now you have both you understand both sides of it because I'm sure when it first happened, you're like, what the fuck. I wasn't well, what the fuck. I still appreciated it, but it it is right, it definitely but, gives me another perspective on it. Right, but I mean, on I mean, some when people level, come, when people tell were. me that stuff, then I usually say, "Leave me alone. I don't care what's <laughs> going on in your life. I got things to do." And that's just what you said to me. That's well, that's only what I said to you, Doom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you don't get that creative hit from like directing episodes of like the Goldbergs and whatnot. Um, yes, I feel more of that, but directing in TV is, I know it's vastly different. Yeah. Generally speaking, you don't have the authorial voice in TV. You right. are, your purpose is to deliver your, um, what the vision of the showrunner is. So, and um, I- there are little flourishes, but generally speaking, it's more about, you know, being a professional and a technician and delivering what you have to do, which I also derive a, uh, you know, a satisfaction from it's just not the same kind of satisfaction as like I yeah. created this in a creative way, and I get that. Yeah. Know. Well, I mean, even there's Kev a little Smith bit of talked it, about yes. right. Well, like I said, Kev Smith has talked about it when he would direct The Flash or Supergirl, and even on Goldberg's, he said he would walk on those sets and be like, "You people don't need me." Yes. He. You guys know what you're doing. The thing that I was the most impressed with with Kevin Smith on the Goldbergs was, and it kind of like made clear to me, like this is why this guy has hung around this long was his ability with the crew to make everyone feel comfortable, to make the actors feel comfortable, to make me as the writer on set feel comfortable to pawn off, you know, you know, taking credit for anything, which was appropriate because the crew and the people were, you know, really inherent, but you know, a lot of other, directors come in and their egos very in play and they you know they're sort of difficult and i don't know it was just really he was a very he's very impressive as a professional yeah i mean that's the way it sounds i mean i've never met him i almost i almost had him for this too yeah but he was like come out to jersey and it's like i can't get to jersey dude (laughs) why did he want you to come to jersey Uh, to record in person oh he didn't want to do it it's like he didn't want to do yeah, it over no. the yeah because he was afraid uh, you he was afraid that it was going to take like 40 minutes after you got on the phone to... 
Look at those comedy chops. <laughs> Where's Fitz? <laughs> oh, we're back to this again. Three years and you're still calling for him. I miss Fitz. You've never met him. Fitz, next time. Next time I'm on. Come on. You don't have to be shy with me. He said he doesn't want to do it. You're jaded and you're Hollywood. <laughs> well, that I can't, that I can't dispute. <laughs> I'm definitely going to big time him when, he's, when he gets on. Uh, what do you know, Fitz? <laughs> Fitz who? You're not part of part of showbiz? <laughs> <laughs> You're just a podcast, the Fitz guy. Yeah. Weird digression, but I wanted to do a couple follow-ups to last time. Oh. I know we're going crazy here, jumping all over, but I, I did. Did you ever finish The Clone Wars? No, I I Scott. believe after our conversation, I started and I was like, oh, I, I, I like this. And I when was that? Three years ago in April, I think, or March, late March. So the pandemic had already started? Yeah, we were like just a couple weeks. Well, hang on. I can go back on Twitter. It doesn't really it. matter. I was just trying to figure out where it was. And I think there was there's no logical reason why I wouldn't have gone through Clone Wars. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But I'm but it's funny because every time I think, "Oh, I got to watch Clone Wars," I always do think to myself, oh, "Now I got to get back in touch with Doom again and have him. I guess I could just listen to our episode and figure out what it was you told me to order to watch and all that crap." <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, it looks like it was early April. The main thing I feel bad about now is having watched I'm not caught up on Mandalorian on this season. But okay. oh, sorry, it wasn't Mandalorian. It was a uh, Boba Fett. But um, ah, that's okay. But uh, for Boba Fett, I know that there's a major character from Clone Wars at the end of Boba Fett with the with the uh, the shootout. He's from Clone Wars, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And I felt bad that I was like, oh, what a fantastic character, and uh, yeah. And then I was like, oh, I saw his demise, and I now see. I know I've already spoiled. I was trying to steer around spoilers. <laughs> You don't have to because when that aired, Fitz and I covered it in depth. Oh, okay, good, good. Yeah, and we kind of bitched about his design too. Really? See, I had nothing to compare it to because to me, I was like, that's a very challenging... But you do have something to compare it to because you've seen episode four. You've seen A New Hope. Is he in A New Hope? He, He isn't, but a character of his race is. Oh, interesting. What's the name of the race? I'll look it up. I think it's a... Duros, D-U-R-O-S, I think. D-U-R-O-S, New Hope. Or you could just look up uh, Cad Bane. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those guys. Um, <laughs> now, compared to that, doesn't he look kind of fucked up? Well, I don't know, man. <laughs> the... What do you, you're you're just you're not talking about the the quality of the 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 CG. You're talking about the shape of the head. Yeah, is and this, like his upper lip was odd looking. Is the shape of the head the same as he was in Clone Wars? Or you're saying in Clone Wars he looked a little bit he looked a little bit more like the original New Hope characters. In Clone Wars, he looked way more like uh, the New Hope versions. Odd. He had a longer head. Yeah. Just like them. And in on. Well, in fairness. He's got a weird upper lip. eh, But they don't really have upper lips. Or you're saying he did have an upper lip. Well, I mean, like the upper lip. In New Hope, they don't have. They don't really have upper lips. Right. I mean, like from the eyes to the lip, it's weird looking on Boba Fett. 
From the eyes, from what I'm looking at, from the eyes to the to the lips, it's shorter. Yeah, and it's kind of puffy looking too. It's weird. It looks like he almost has more of a nose. It, this was CG, right? It wasn't. No, that was somebody in a in a mask. Oh well, then that's the reason. Right, but I mean, they were in also. Masks by in the way, too. Then that also explains. <laughs> you can't be practical effects, man. Because I was like, this is. Because this is what my complaint was when you started to to critique this. I was like, I don't know how you can fault this. This is like they took a CG character and they it like had such weight and texture. It was astonishing. <laughs> but now I realize it's because it was a, an actual actor, and um, and that I, that explains why it is the way you're saying. That's what the problem yeah. is. Yeah. So yeah. But like I said, they were wearing masks in A New Hope too. Well, sure, but that was a much more primitive mask technology. I don't know what your point right, is. Right, but the primitive ones looked better, and the Clone Wars looked more like the primitive ones. And they, the other thing is like... Well, yes, but they weren't the... called on to do anything. They were just basically fair. rubber masks without moving mouths. That's fair, but, I mean, I feel like there's a way they could have... It's fucking Lucasfilm, dude. Backed by Disney now. It's not just George being like... Um, yeah, here's an extra 10 grand, you know. Yeah. I mean, I hear what you're saying. I'm just looking at it. I'm trying to think. I, I hear what you're saying that they probably could have done it. My guess is that if they made this choice, then the choice mm. would have had to have been, all right, we can do this. We can make it look exactly the same. But in order to do that, we would have to employ CG. And they got so close that they were like, eh, let's just say we're this is this is it. We got it. Let's go with good enough. Yeah. But uh so mm. you know it's it's valid. I wonder if though there was some stretching technology that wouldn't have been as as um as difficult. Disturbing. Yeah, it would no, as uh you know, as different in terms of design. But yeah. probably if you do that, then you're running the risk of having certain shots look even weirder. Yeah. Well, whatever the case, having no point of reference or or thinking I had no point of reference. Uh, I really right. liked it, and I liked the design, but I certainly get that it's like, he doesn't look quite right. Right. Yeah. So did you, you said you've watched all of Boba Fett, that first yes, series. Yes, I did, season. yes. How did you feel about it? Um, It's been a while, but the, uh, I don't, I don't, I mean, I've always had a problem with new era Boba Fett, just, and this is, of course, a, a classic uh, sort of, you know, fandom complaint in any situation. Right. I feel like, you know, okay, granted, in in Return of the Jedi, it's just like you built him all up and then he immediately dies in this pathetic way. Okay, fine. Prior to that, the things we all had in our head may not have been the same things, but there Mm -hmm. was a vibe that the original voice communicated and the original uh, competence communicated. Uh, which right. obviously they went astray in Return of the Jedi. But to me, it's like, go back. When you're extrapolating s- something creatively, go back to the the pinnacle, the best version of that character. Okay, gotcha. Um, and that to me was in Empire. Uh, and mm-hmm. you could argue the um, the uh, Star Wars Christmas special. Um, so I mean, you could argue the special editions too. Well, I believe he was there with Jabba in episode four. <laughs> yes. Although, does he do anything except just look at the camera? He's just there to be a badass guy. Yeah. Like, All right, that's fair. That's fair. Every other time, it's implied. That's fair. 
So, so I guess entering this, which obviously now we're, you know, we're, it's informed by the prequels and everything else, but entering this and, and you have Wars. to, and, and Clone Wars. Uh, oh, is there a lot of Boba Fett stuff in Clone Wars? Uh, oh, right. It's amount, all, yeah. it's all based on the clone himself, right? Right. Right. Yeah. So, but I mean, it's post episode two, so it's spoilers. It's young kid Boba Fett kind of being taught how to behave as a bounty hunter. Well, maybe that's interesting then, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm, maybe I'm not informed enough to speak on this. But I guess my feeling is entering from this point in Boba Fett, I was just like, this is not. I like him escaping from the Sarlacc pit in that explanation. That's nice, um, right. and I like him sort of, you know, where he has to build back. The stuff with the sand people, I don't know. It, I, I understand in a in a progressive world where you kind of want to humanize every creature, right, uh, or species. I understand the intention. I guess it's just to me, the sand people were such great sort of threats and villains mm-hmm. that I don't like undermining that right away. I don't like Boba Fett being this this guy that sort of you know, kind of like honorable in this deep way. I like him right. being more of a kind of a, a corrupt bounty hunter type person. Like, season one of Mandalorian still kind of made sand people a threat, but also was like, no, they're not like mindless monsters. You can communicate with them. Right. Yeah. They're kind of threatening. Right. Exactly. Where, yeah. Boba Fett took those teeth away. Right. Exactly. And took the teeth away. I think, from Boba Fett. And it's like, they, oh, yeah. they justified it. They, you know, he went through this traumatic experience. Now he's one of the good guys. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But it's like, I would prefer to watch you find a way to redeem him within what we already know about him mm-hmm. and playing the character that we like as opposed to turning him basically into an entirely new character. I think for me, the lightning rod for the problems with that show is when he's trying to teach him how to ride a speeder. Uh-huh. And he's sitting there bouncing on it with a stupid-ass fucking grin on his face. Yeah. And it's like, oh, my God, what did they do to this ultimate badass? Yeah, I agree with that. And I think there are a lot of moments like that. I think there are a lot of moments yeah. that are reclaimed, too. Like, it's a lot of slow buildup. Like, the oh, yeah. the ranker, him riding the ranker, that's that's Dave Filoni being like, I know what you want, and I'm going to give it to you, and I, and I love him for yeah. it. That's great. But yeah, it's like... There's a lot of slow build on like him becoming, you know, becomes his pet. And it's just sort of like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know, man. But it was also telegraphed, too. Do you happen to know? Yes, it was telegraphed. I agree. Do you happen to know what the reasoning is for? I mean, I know <laughs> um, in terms of appealing to the audience what the reasoning is. But what if the, what the behind the scenes reasoning was for? Shifting it from Boba Fett to Mandalorian halfway through. Um, if you have you heard any behind the scenes stuff, I think that was always planned because it's all of this shit we're getting, other than Andor and uh, Obi Wan. Yeah, all of this shit is going to be leading up to that Filoni movie. So yeah. they kind of want it to feel like one. It's weird to say, but it like one universe within the universe. I'm very excited where, about that. You see Ahsoka, you see Mando, you see Boba Fett, and they all kind of cross-pollinate between the different shows. In a way, yeah, I think kind of the titles for these shows are, are... It's stupid to have titles for them because they're all one show, really. The way they've 
the way they've kind of described it to us, it's all one show leading up to that movie. Right. Just you're kind of shifting focus from character to character. I mean, I think that's probably partly true. I certainly wouldn't put it past Dave Filoni to have a plan long term, but I think that sounds like it's a little bit the same as George Lucas saying. I've always thought of it being 12 movies. Right. But I mean... There there were interviews with George in like the 80s where he was saying, oh, it's nine movies. Right. And then he was like, oh, it was never planned to be nine movies. Right. Like after the prequels came out, he was like, no, it was never planned to be nine movies. And it's like, dude, was there, there never... are literal Star Wars books where you said it was nine movies. Was there never a point he said it was 12 movies? Because I see, seem to remember there was at least um, one interview he said it was 12 movies. It might have been post Phantom Menace. I don't know. He might have said 9 to 12, but I know for a fact he said 9. Right, right. Because like I said, in some of the uh, EU novels that came out around that time, yeah, there's interviews with him in the back where he was like, yeah, I did the first three, and then I'm getting ready to do the prequels, and then at some point in the future I'd like to do the next three, the sequel three. Yeah. And then after the prequels, he was like, uh-uh, that's bullshit. I never said that. And it's like, yes, you did. Yeah. So... When they made that announcement a couple years ago, they said it was like after season one, it might have been during season two, that all of this Mandoverse, as they kind of called it, or maybe fans coined that, all this is building up to a climactic event. And they just recently announced, oh yeah, that's going to be a movie directed by Dave Filoni. Oh, all right. But that's going to be a movie on Disney or it's released in the theaters? I believe it's going to be in theaters in like 2026. Six-ish, I think. Oh, exciting. Or maybe later. Great. Yeah. I like it as a, as a movie re- release. At least that'll give That's me That's going to be after the uh, Ray movie. That'll At least it'll give me a target to uh, watch Clone Wars by. Yeah, well, see, I was going to ask you if you had finished Clone Wars, if you had watched Rebels, because while it's not essential viewing, I think it'll color all of that a little bit deeper, too. Right. And they've they've said you don't need to see Rebels to watch the Ahsoka show coming up in August. Yeah. But it's highly recommended because it's kind of going to be season five of Rebels, but in live action. Right. And you, I just got to go back and listen to our first thing because I asked you all these questions last time. You. I can re-answer. I don't care. Love all of Clone Wars, most of Clone Wars, only the second sort of like from the, from a quarter in. I'm a big defender of the whole thing. Like I told you back then. Yeah. That's what made me a Star Wars fan because I grew up being like, Star Wars is stupid. Right. And when Clone Wars was coming, I was like, what the hell is this? Right. This looks amazing. Right. And then I've gone back and been like, oh, I love the prequels. I love the originals. Good job, Disney. You made the sequels. Um, (laughs) 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 Um, How do you feel about the sequels? uh, The further we get away from them, the the more I'm like, "You, you didn't need to do that. Yeah. Which is funny because, like, I love Rogue One. If you ask me, Solo is still the best Star Wars thing Disney has put out. Yeah. I think that's a. You can um, make that argument. I get it. It's, I, it. And the thing for me is, like, that movie just got fucked because it came out. You're after saying Last as Jedi, a movie, which, or are you saying as any property? As a Star Wars, anything that Disney has put out, you think Solo it's is the best. Better than Mandalorian. I do, oh, and I wow. love Mandalorian. Interesting. I think I like Mandalorian I, much better than Solo. I adore Mandalorian, but I still think Solo is the best thing they've done. And where do you rank Andor and all that? It's pretty high. Yeah. Too. It's, you're not going to find many. Is Andor less major... your speed though? 
Like Andor is a very particular kind of, and and I think I'm in this fan base, but it's appealing to a very particular kind of fan that's like, I want to see the adult Batman version of, you know, the like dark, harder sci-fi right. version of Star Wars. And no, I, I, I adored Andor too. Yeah, you like that too. I, I've read a lot of the novels. So like, I'm used to Star Wars being different things. Yeah. So when they're throwing different shit at me with these shows, I'm not like, ew, why'd you do that? I mean, I am with Boba Fett because up until Mando shows up, I was struggling with that show. Yeah. But I also like... Yeah, I mean, that, going back to your original question, that's how I felt about it, too. And yeah. it was very yeah. strange to me because I'm like, it's the Boba Fett show. Like, the way... Correct me if I'm mm-hmm. wrong, but it feels like you sold the Mandalorian with the misdirect that that was Boba Fett because the people who weren't didn't know were like, oh, it's a it's Boba Fett. I don't know why they would put a different guy in a Boba Fett outfit. It's Boba Fett. And then once you were in, it was good. So when you realized it wasn't Boba Fett, it was like, oh, it doesn't really matter. This is, this is a pretty good show. So why would you go to I Boba Fett? You don't, you don't think so? I Yeah, I don't know that I would agree with that. I will say, though, what I do agree with is it kind of feels like that show was supposed to be the Boba Fett show because everything we just said about what Boba Fett was in the original trilogy, that's what Mando is. Right. And there's a neater transition between him being a mercenary. Maybe that's the reason they didn't want to do the same thing with Boba Fett, but it was like, yeah, but that's what Boba Fett is. Yeah. I guess it's just a, it's a little bit more, you know, he has the honor of being a Mandalorian, even though he's also a mercenary. That, and it's also... I think the reason they created an original character instead of making that a Boba Fett show is because, like, clean slate. You're not coming at this with any baggage. For sure. Being like, well, Boba Fett was this. Or Boba Fett was that. It's like, no, no, no. It's not Boba Fett. This is a new guy. Right. And what I think is great about that show, too, is, like, it takes all of the Mandalorian shit that was set up in Clone Wars and Rebels, and then it's like, yeah, that's those are just one version of Mandalorians. Here's another which makes like the old stuff in the old novels possibly for somebody like me who I like the old canon better than the new canon yeah. for the most part, like book wise, because I've read a couple of the books and it's like, been, oh my God, what the f- we got rid of the old shit because it was too clunky, but you got this, not whatever. Right. But it makes the old Mando shit from the novels seem like, oh yeah, that could still be legit because we've just showed you two different types of Mandalorians. There right. might be more. Gotcha. So you feel like there's stuff that doesn't quite track with the Mandalorian stuff in the books. I mean, Clone Wars flat out contradicts it. Uh huh. The stuff that was in the old books. Okay. Because the the Republic Commando novels by Karen Travis. Uh huh. Some have been like, well, that's just Klingon shit, and it's like, I mean, I could see that, but what it was was like anybody can be a Mandalorian as long as you're accepted into a clan of Mandalorians. Right. And, like, if you take that vow to be a Mandalorian, then you're a Mandalorian. And Clone Wars almost felt like, no, 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 this is a blood thing. I see. I think they even said in Clone Wars, like, Jango Fett was not a Mandalorian. He just stole somebody's armor. And as we've seen in all, like, Boba Fett and Mandalorian, they're like, well, he kind of was, you know. What, he was considered a Mandalorian? That's what they say in, like, Boba Fett and Mando, because... On Clone Wars, they were like, no, no, he was just a renegade, kind of like he was a renegade thug who stole that armor. I thought that's what, I thought that's what uh, 
the in the Mando universe that is what it's being presented. When do they contradict that? I know that Boba Fett and and, Mand- and the Mandalorian aren't sort of at blows. They sort of you know find a peace. But right. is he considered a Mandalorian? Boba Fett? Yeah, I believe so because like when he got the armor back from uh, Ola Fantastic, he was like, "No, this is mine. See the chain code." And it, from what I remember, that indicated that Django didn't steal the armor. It's just he wasn't a part of the Mandalorian like bloodline. That's why they were like, he's not Mandalorian. He ain't one of us. It's it's like uh, Din Djarin himself. But- the Clone Wars Mandos wouldn't have been like, oh, yeah, he's a Mando because to them he wasn't. But in the Clone Wars, he stole the armor from a Mandalorian. I think that's what Satine says. And or somebody it- says that. And in... The, uh, what are we calling it, Mandoverse? Yeah. In the Mandoverse, he got... They're the... saying he had a legitimate claim to it. Why? I don't know. You don't, it's not established? No, not yet. No problem. I have a separate question. Fire away. Cad Bane is the character's name, right? Correct. So this is a, this is a spoiler. I assume that everybody here has already, already watched all this stuff. But uh, this is a spoiler for Boba Fett season two. Season one, rather. There's only one season. So when I see that, and I see how what a badass he's being built up to be, and knowing that he has a history in Clone Wars, I am thinking to myself, like, oh, what a great character. They're gonna, for sure, find a way that he survives. And maybe they will find some, you know, Boba Fett. There's been heavy speculation that they will. Okay, there you go. Because I was sort of like, oh, they they just did it? They just killed him? That's it? Which I can see, because that's almost 30 years after the Clone Wars. But so is he an unbeatable gunfighter up until that moment? Uh, Yeah, kind of. He's like the legendary gunslinger. Yeah. It's interesting that they would then pull the trigger in that moment. I guess you need need a big ending. But uh... well, I, I think what it is, is it's like what I said. That's over. It's almost 30 years after the Clone Wars. So it's like in Clone Wars, you're seeing him as he's building his holy shit. That's Cad Bane reputation. You Uh know, right. And by the time you get to Boba Fett, he's like, Boba Fett, give me a second. Because <laughs> he's old man Cad Bane by that point. Uh-huh. Are you, so it's, would you maybe accept as headcanon that the uh, the reason he looks different is because he's so much older and Duros's heads get more squat as they get older and their lips get all well, weird? Well, I, I believe Fitz and I talked about that as the reason why his skin is a paler shade of blue. Yeah. Um, so that might possibly be why his head is fucking weird looking. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Was that your question, though? Him as the legendary gunslinger? They're just trying to get a sense of, like, that that was... It, like, to me, it was interesting. They introduced this guy as this unbeatable badass, and then right. at the end he's dead pretty quickly. And I'm like... Was he this unbeatable badass the entire series of Clone Wars and then he just dies in this one? I would be a little bit disappointed and weirded out if that was the case. Also, I feel like does... Boba Fett doesn't kill him in a direct draw-off, does he? Like, he doesn't Um, beat him drawing on him. Or does he? How does he die? No, I think they had a bit of a battle and then... I remember it being kind of disappointing the way it plays out. Because I kind of wanted more proof. I think they kind of tussled a little bit. Yeah. It, was that when Boba Fett fired his knee rockets? Yeah. I guess it's just like, okay. well, it's these two legendary characters using yeah. whatever they got to use to win. 
but yeah. it it I remember feeling a little bit unsatisfied by the the way that it played out. Uh, yeah, I can understand that. I want to give you a minor spoiler, very minor. Well, wait, uh, why? Well, because it's something else that if you want the full breadth of Star Wars, you need to watch. All right, you I'll know keep how it I super vague. You know how I feel I about it. Okay. Watch the Bad Batch. Yeah, because there's kind of there's more of what we're talking about in there, that type of thing. But That's can I watch say. the Bad Batch? I think we talked about this last time. No, Bad Batch hadn't happened yet. Bad Batch is pre Clone Wars. It come. It's the immediate follow up to Clone Wars. Well, then shouldn't I watch Clone Wars first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying before you watch Rebels, you got a list of shit you need to get done, <laughs> sir. <laughs> I know you're fighting for your future right now, but start watching some shit, would you? <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, send me a list. Did you ever send me a list, or we just talked about I the did list? You, I did send you a list of the Clone Wars watch order, but if you want me to send you like, That's a all Star I want, Wars the Clone list, Wars, the Clone Wars watch order. I can resend you that, no problem. Okay, cool. And then as soon as Clone Wars ends, you watch... Bad Batch, and then you go to Rebels. Okay. okay. And Rebels, I'll, I'll warn you, Rebels comes off a little more kiddy okay. um, at first, but it gets fucking dark. Oh, great. But, and, I mean, it has moments of darkness, and it has moments of kiddy. It's kind of like what I said. I was reading a lot of Star Wars novels, so I expect Star Wars to be kind of goofy, kind of kiddy, and then, like, holy shit, I think that guy just killed kids. Right. So it it has that like. Did you just give me another spoiler. <laughs> no 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 okay. no no no. I was talking about episode three. Oh, oh you're just talking about Anakin. Yeah, yeah Anakin. Right. He's the one that's like, yeah, bye Timmy. Right. But Rebels is like that. It has moments of like, oh my god, here we go with some kitty bullshit, and then it has moments of like, like I said, episode three levels like, oh my god, I think he just killed a room full of kids. Right. Uh oh, you know. But I just want to warn you going in, you're not going in for full darkness. You're going to have to deal with some kitty stuff. Yeah. Okay. But that'll go quicker because I think the first and the fourth seasons aren't even 22 episodes. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Do you have time still? Yeah, I got time. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about finishing out Goldbergs because... I mean, I I told you this last time. I'm pretty sure it's like I watched that show from the start and I loved it. Right. Because even though I wasn't born in the 80s, I've got this weird 80s nostalgia and I always kind of have. Yeah. So I that mean, obviously show me too. was like, well, you were there though. <laughs> That's different. <laughs> I understand. I actually um, am very impressed with younger people and I'm always thrown when I'm talking to someone much younger than me who has all the the same points of reference as me. <laughs> very, I mean, it's very odd, and it's I guess it's a function of the modern world. I think part of my problem is that I was my parents were were raised by older parents because my my mom I think her dad was fifty when she was born. Right. So she was raised by an old couple. Well, then maybe you can in a way. Maybe you can take care of me when I'm old, Doom. <laughs> I, you better clean up your act. What do you mean? <laughs> Which, I want some which respect. Is... <laughs> uh, that's fair. That's fair. Are, aren't I? Aren't I a perfect disapproving parent? <laughs> I had enough of that. Thanks. No. <laughs> um, okay. T- hit me with your Goldberg's question. Well, I just wanted to know, like, were you there from the beginning? I was there from the pilot. I, I helped punch oh, up wow. jokes. Jokes on the pilot. So you, even though you left for like a season or so, you were there for the entire arc. Yeah. 
Wow. Okay. I was I so, was mocked what? in the room for saying I've, when people tried to say I was here from the beginning. I was like I was here from the pilot. They they really mocked me for that, and I'm not. I'm still not quite sure why. <laughs> I'm like I don't know what to tell you. I was here before you. I have seniority. <laughs> was was it like a all right grandpa type thing or? Uh, I I think it I think it's an aspect of like in in. When you're when you're working on a show, it's like I was there from the first season. Is enough? You don't need to pull rank in an, an additional way. Oh, oh, I got it. You're one of those guys that has to one up everybody. Uh, I, I don't always have to, but I had an opportunity in that moment. <laughs> when you can, you will. Got sure. it. Sure. So, what was that like for you to be there from the pilot? Let's give credit where credits due. Thank you. From the pilot to the series finale and i know it wasn't supposed to be the series finale at first yeah we weren't sure we like? we were we were aware that it could be the series finale I, I just read an article um i forget who it was but one of the writers said it was like well it wasn't designed to be but we we thought maybe it could be but we really thought we were getting another season well that's where it was frustrating because it's like well if this is going to be the send-off it would be nice to write it that way which could right. be, we would write it slightly differently. And ABC, or really any network, never wants to make that call in advance so that they have mobility so right. they can decide things later. I will say, it did kind of frustrate me a little like the Everybody Loves Raymond series finale, because it did kind of feel like just another episode. That's the, the Everybody Loves Raymond finale? Yeah, I think like Ray had a surgery and got his wisdom teeth out or something like that, or tonsils or something. Uh, didn't he have a? Ser- then, I thought he had a serious issue. He didn't have a serious issue. Well, I think that's what it was. Like he had a surgery, and they're like, "Well, he might not make it out." And then that was done, and they were like, "Haha, everything's back to normal." And yeah. I was like, oh, right. Okay. It, it kind of just felt like another episode. But I think there was. Isn't there a moment where they all think Raymond died? It's been so long since I've seen it that I. I could can't be wrong, really but I feel like it. that's the big special episode moment. And then they I mean, it they play it as be, funny yeah. because the the mom then gets on the bed with him to to hug him and and see the, I remember it ending with them all kind of standing around the kitchen laughing. Well, that's the very end, but I think there's the scene okay. in the hospital where they think is okay. maybe this happened in an earlier point in the series, but I think this is the the finale where it's she the mom thinks he's dead or they all think he's dead i could be wrong or ha 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 and then they realize it's he's fine and then the mom rushes in and gets on the bed with them to hug him and the wife is like well i guess some version of i guess it's it's always this has always been inevitably where this is going basically right um i I could be wrong but i just remember at the time feeling like felt like didn't feel special you know yeah what would you what do you look for like in a in a finale episode that's like uh, that's, that's, you know, like what, what kind of, are you looking for them to go to a new place? Are you looking for somebody to die? Um, well, I mean, especially in like a sitcom, I don't really want to be like, and they're all dead now. <laughs> la, la, la. That one doesn't really work. I don't know. I guess, I guess because I've watched so many like hour longs, like yeah. when Smallville ended, that one, that fucking ended, right. you know, like, all right, now he's going to be Superman. Right. Right. Um, and I don't know if you ever saw it like that show, um, Rescue Me. It was the Dennis Leary show on FX. I saw most of it. I never saw the end. But uh, Well, it kind of went off the rails. Okay. I think it was, it might have been fucked by the last writer strike, honestly. Right. Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah. And for some reason, all of a sudden, he was wearing his cousin's bunker gear. And it's like, what? Uh-huh. He went crazy. 
Yeah. Yeah. The show went crazy too. But the way that ended, which I don't want to spoil it, I know. Yeah. Your spoilers, but that kind of ended in a way where I was like, oh. But it, it felt like an ending. That one. But you, it wasn't the ending I wanted. That one you can probably spoil for me because I think I I came to my natural conclusion on how much I was going to watch. But 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 just warning to anybody uh, in regards okay. to rescue me if you you can uh, skip ahead. But go ahead. Well, like, they're all in a building collapse in the penultimate episode, a building collapse, and they're all stuck inside, okay? Okay. Then it comes back, and in the end, only one of them died. And I always thought the logical conclusion would be either kill Tommy. I think Uh it was Lou that died. Either kill Tommy or kill everybody around Tommy, and then Tommy has to go forward into the world with all of these new ghosts around him. Tommy's the Dennis Leary character? Yes. Yeah. That... Those are the only two logical conclusions I saw coming. That actually, those actually sound like really sound takes. I think that's reasonable. And how did it? I mean, I would have had it. It ended with Lou dying. They all go to his funeral, and that's kind of it. Huh? It it wasn't. It was. It wasn't ending. It felt like an ending. Ending, but it wasn't the most satisfying ending that was on the table. I don't think. Right. Um. Yeah. And another show I love. Yeah. uh, Monk. That one had a real Okay, I haven't that one I will watch someday, so don't tell okay, me. Okay, I won't spoil it. But it had a real impactful ending. Yeah. And it made sense. It isn't exactly what I thought would happen. Yeah. But it made sense. It made perfect sense and it's like, all right, that's perfectly beautiful for this character, this universe. I'm happy to let it go. Right. I want more, but I'm happy to let it go. Right. And have you ever seen, like, how do you feel about the, the Cheers finale? Just a, again, spoiler for Cheers it's finale. It's been years since I've seen it. I love Cheers. Yeah. But I, I remember digging it. I think I kind of agree with, like, guys like Ken Levine, which if you don't listen to his podcast, I think you, you especially would love it. What, who, what, what's the angle? He comes at it from the angle of, like, I've been a writer for all these years, but that's not all I am. I'm, I was also a baseball announcer. I'm also like a novel writer and a playwright. And in a way, it sometimes just comes off like, this is a history of Hollywood through my eyes. Uh-huh. Because he talks to people from like writers. I think he talked to one of the writers that was on Dick Van Dyke show uh-huh. and shit like that. Because like he talks about MASH and Cheers and all those shows that he was on, all those amazing fucking groundbreaking shows that he was on. Yeah. So if... And they're only like a half hour, too, so you can burn through them quick. Yeah. Uh, he has some episodes that are a little longer, but yeah, for the most part, they're like 30 minutes, boom, you're done. On to the next one. Right. But yeah, I I think even he agrees that the Cheers finale didn't need to be an hour. Uh-huh. But like Frasier, another show I adore. Yeah. Um, I thought that was a, a good finale because like everything is wrapped up here in Seattle. Let's right. go see what else is out there. It, so you like the the version of it that's we're leaving this place or this situation, kind of yeah, right. Or like, like I. Th- but what the only way I to almost, do that? Go ahead. I well, I almost feel like, and I know they did this. I think it was season nine that Erica had her baby, wasn't it, or was that season ten of I, Goldberg's? I oh, Goldberg's. Uh, I, yeah, I don't. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> that's a dude who worked on the show <laughs> i go in i make the widgets i leave <laughs> um i feel like that could have been a part of a finale or something yeah i know you can't drag that out for two seasons but well something i like that, i think like that's, a new beginning 
that's the you know that that probably was intended at that point to protect against oh, the yeah. ending and then you know it opens up new plot when you're when you're done right so are you are, wait is your question are we just talking about the 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 are you saying you you feel like it didn't end the way you want isn't it ending it doesn't end with sort of beverly sort of you know adams going off to college um dude this was a month ago are you really going to call me on the carpet for a month ago? <laughs> well, you are complaining about it, so. Well, I'm not complaining. I just like I said, it just felt like another episode. I'm not being like, and it sucked. But didn't no, it... I'm saying, yeah. Well, I mean, it kind of set up a new future for Beverly with uh, was it Rob Corddry? Yes. Yeah, and it's like okay, I get that, but it. I think the only thing about it really to me that felt like okay, this is the series finale was Patton's voiceover at the end. Yeah. The rest of it felt like, and see you next week, you know. Right. That's all I'm saying. I'm not bitching. <laughs> uh, I thought he was leaving for college, but maybe I'm uh, misremembering. I, I could be. Maybe he was. Whatever the case. I agree with you in general that it's it's nice to have a nice closure of an ending when you're, when you're leaving a series. But I think also right. sometimes people can be anticipating it so much. That oh, yeah. the creators make weird decisions that are like, this makes it an ending. And I think that's how you get the Game of Thrones finale. where it's like, And I didn't have the problems with it everybody else had. But I do understand that it's kind of like, you know, it didn't... It would kind of seem like they made weird decisions that it's like you could argue they were... They laid the groundwork for, but it's like, well, we were following this emotional journey in a different way that then you threw at us at the end and now the series right. is over so there's so much pressure put on it i haven't seen the game of thrones finale but i would say this i think it's telling when the dude who wrote the books though is even like my shit ain't gonna end like that right well i mean because yeah but but not but he's always sort of on his own track he's, right he well, does I mean, all of his those, own things with the books i think the show's followed the books pretty well until they ran out of books and then they're like fuck what do we do now do at you... least that's what i've heard because i haven't read the books or seen the show past season one See, i feel like it they take a lot of stuff from the books but they're not really following it beat for beat but whatever the case I, like i said i'm just going off what i've heard no problem whatever the case i agree with you in a general sense and unfortunately, TV is usually not structured that way. It, now it is more structured that way on streamers because uh, streamers, it's more financially beneficial for them to just do three seasons of a thing, which is part of what the strike is about. And then, right, right. Uh, and, you know, not do any long term deals where they have to pay any more for the show and then just end it. So, you know, you'll, right. you'll get more of your, your closure in the modern world. Yeah, I guess. I don't know if it's a good thing or not, though, with, because, I mean, I just want to make this clear. I'm on your guys' side. You're, you're, real, you're a real strike buster, aren't you? You always like to, to break up the union, and uh, you're, you're a real pink. I literally just said the exact opposite of that. <laughs> <laughs> don't get people coming after me, man. <laughs> I'm reporting you to the WGA. And they'll be like, who? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but... And, uh, yeah, I think that's a good thing and a bad thing because it's... I mean, people like to bitch about the 22 episodes a year thing. And you always hear that thing about the rule of seven. You have seven great ones, seven good ones, and seven that are like, eh. Right. But it's like, I also like that because then you get to spend more time with these characters. You get to spend 
time in their heads and learn more about who they are and what they like and dislike and how they react to different shit. And it's like, yeah, sometimes there's an episode where it's like, ooh, maybe you should have tried a little harder on that one. But it, it's the reason why I love tie-in novels and shit. Because, like, if you want to watch Monk, yeah, there's a shit ton of Monk uh, tie-in novels. I think there's like 18 of them. Oh, really? That's fun. Oh, yeah. And they kind of contradict the show a little bit in some parts and one one novel got turned into an episode but it's why i love those because you get to spend more time with the characters it's why i love novels based on comic book characters like i've got a shit ton of spider-man novels because yeah it's fun to read a spider-man comic but that's 22 pages a month wow spider-man novel i would think that would run thin so you must really get into peter parker's head oh yeah like there's some that are about 300 pages and does it feel and true like, to the the character? For the most part, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like, there's, dude, you're on the nerd blitz. I could school you on some shit and really get you fucking. Well, you're really. Some I fun mean, with these it, characters. It's certainly a heavily committed guy who who reads the novels. That's a whole other level of nerdery. And <laughs> and I am always interested. Uh, Matt is less interested in like oh, which are the which are the good. Uh, Star Trek novels and it, a lot of it's kind of it is sort of a similar thing to what you're even saying about 22 episodes versus uh, whatever a, a miniseries or a movie is that right. I'm always interested because I'm interested in the same thing you're saying I want to like oh I've, yeah. yeah I like this world I want to get more right. deeply into it but the problem is generally speaking my feeling is whenever you go into the novel it's like well this is there's a reason this wasn't there's a reason that people that the novels aren't as popular as the other things, and it's and it's often because it's like, well, it does seem a little more threadbare. It does seem like you're sort of um, putting a lot of the stuff that we've already seen in, and then just adding more. You know, uh, I would say yes and no. Okay, because it, it it really depends on the author. Because like I oh I forget what it was called like. There was a Star Trek TOS novel I read called Ghost Walker or Ghost Walkers, I think. And it's it's got this weird, like, almost owl-looking alien on the cover, and it's fucking weird. Yeah. And at points that felt like a lot of what the author was doing, and I can't remember who wrote it, but it came out in, like, the 80s. Yeah. At points it felt like the author was just being like, huh, see guys, huh? He's doing the thing, like, in the episodes, get it, huh? Right. Guys? Right. Right. And it's like, we get it. You watched like five episodes of TOS. Calm the fuck down. Barbara Hambly was her name. Okay, yeah. Good old Barbara and Hambly. Then there's some times where, like, Enterprise, you guys are going through that on your Patreon. I've, I've seen all of that. I've got the complete series Blu-ray set, and I love it. I love Enterprise. Yeah. I could do without the theme song, but I love <laughs> Enterprise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've enjoyed it a lot too. I've really liked it. It's, it's really, it's kind of been a nice. It's a perfect version of. It was so maligned that I was like, "This isn't that bad. This is fun. Exactly. It's really well done, and it's like." I think that's what it is. Is everybody shit on it so hardcore right. that you're like, "All right, this is gonna suck," and you go in and being like, "What the fuck were they talking about? The bar was so low." This is the point you're making about novels. Yeah, like I've read some of the. Enterprise novels and like the first one, it's legendary because I think it was Diane Duane yeah. wrote it, and it's legendary because everybody says that throughout it, she's like, 
and they did this, even though no Vulcan would ever do that. Yeah. And she's making these real snide comments about it. So push that one to the side. I read one called By the Numbers, and that one, it felt like an episode that, for some stupid reason, they just didn't make. Right. And it's written by Dean Wesley Smith and Christine Catherine Rausch, who they're really well-known sci-fi fantasy authors. Well, I have a couple of things to say. Um, okay. I'm going to... I'm going to say the things that are, that'll be the easiest for me to uh, just knock off fast. Mm-hmm. One thing is if anybody tunes in to to my show, Star Trek, The Next Conversation, as a result of this, at some point, if you maintain listening for whatever reason, uh, please uh, send us a hail and uh, or either on the Patreon or in the thing and let us know that this was th- that Doom's Pod is where you discovered it because i'd be curious to know um i will tell you this i know i've sent listeners your way yeah i'd be curious to know so if you're if you're if you're a diehard uh nerd blitz let us know Uh, that's one thing number two it's uh i see they're already gone and from my head i remember the third thing but let me let me try and see if i can remember the the second thing uh you what was the last thing you were talking about this is uh star trek enterprise novels and it felt like it an episode that for some reason they didn't make. Right. So, and we were talking about Enterprise and mm-hmm. and Enterprise in some ways, yeah, it feels like it's it's sort of like that they are novels. <laughs> they are like Star Trek novels in some way. <laughs> the whole series in some way feels like that. But it's satisfying in that way. How deep in are you guys? We're in, don't you know, Doom? No, because I'm not in your Patreon yet. I see. We're gonna we're gonna join at some point because we want that nerd blitz shout out on your show. <laughs> <laughs> you would get it. It's uh, uh, we're in season three. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, we've gone pretty fast through them. It's amazing how fast you can go through it at two a month. That season really feels like a novel. It does. Well, that definitely the whole season feels like a novel. But I I was saying that even individual episodes right, right. sort of feel like they're like oh this is an offshoot thing that's not as. Mm-hmm. Not as intense and dramatic all the time as TOS or TNG, but it's like, and and a lot of them really oddly feel like short stories in the Star Trek universe. Like they're almost not full episode stories, but they're really satisfying and they're little things. And I really like that. And, And I kind of, I kind of like this take on novels in a franchise world where it's kind of like, oh yeah, but oh, oh, here's what I was going to say. The thing that's like even I, I pulled up this novel you're talking about, Ghost Walker, and um, mm-hmm. which is really funny with the owl guy. That it's like I'm trying to think like, well, what would I if I'm reading one of these novels? What would I be like? Oh, that's really satisfying. And I don't know if I even talked about this the last time I was on because it's it's my quintessential go-to about having a satisfying aspect of of a uh, of a novelization. But it's like if I'm reading. Uh, a TOS novel and they're just having Spock and Kirk interact in a way that's like feels true to them. Then I'm Mm. like, well, that's satisfying. If they're having them just like Spock saying needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. it's like, yeah, no, I get it. I get it. That's what he says. (laughs) Then that bothers me. If it's a, a dramatic situation or a problem that they're dealing with, and you're sort of seeing them strategize in a way that's true to the characters, but 
you haven't seen them do this before, which is why I think Star Trek Two is one of the greatest uh, extensions on a on a franchise, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I've ever you know ever like completely re- reinvented it all in a perfect way that was true to the characters. Um, that's why it's so brilliant. That's that's what to me you could always do. It's a high bar in a in a oh yeah in a, in one of these novels. And then the third thing, the third version is if you're digging into their past or you know something about them that you haven't seen, but not in a way that just feel. And this, I think this is part of the problem. Also, I had with the Boba Fett thing is like felt like they were digging into you know sort of him in these situations. It's like. Yeah, that's a situation Boba Fett could be in, but I don't want to watch him in that situation. Yeah. And this isn't exactly the same one for one as what I'm comparing it to. But did you ever read the Gremlins novel? No. So do you do you like Gremlins? Yeah. No, not a fan. <laughs> not a fan. Interesting. I mean, I like it, but I don't love it. Okay. Like, I was obsessed. I was the right age, so I was obsessed with Gremlins. Um, right. And... Uh, What's interesting is in the movie, they don't really go into the lore. You don't know what the gremlin is. You don't know what the Mowgli is. And in the book, they, is a spoiler for the, for the gremlin's novelization for anyone who cares, they have this one digression. They have a couple of digressions which in which you realize that that Gizmo, the, the main Mowgli, uh, the cute one in Gremlins, is actually incredibly old, is an extraterrestrial, and has dealt with this gremlin situation across time. And one of the, the reasons gremlins kind of go back as a term to World War II, which is they would say they had the gremlins in the planes, which is uh, what's sort of referred to in the first movie. Mm-hmm. They sort of take that and extrapolate that, that it was at a point when he was a, the person who was his owner or whatever, his friend, on, uh, during World War II, was a sailor on, a, on a, bat- a battleship, and he fell into the ocean and created all these gremlins, and then that's what caused the, all the problems. And I was like, that's fucking genius. <laughs> it's so interesting. It fits what we know about them. It doesn't break anything. That's what I want out of novelization. That's what I want out of a novel, an extension novel. I, I'll, I'll, I want to make a small correction to you because even Kevin J. Anderson, you and I talked about him last time, I believe. He made this clarification for me too. Yeah. There's a difference between a novelization and like a tie-in novel. Right. Which, like what you're talking about is the novelization of the movie. Right. I think if that's the type of thing you're looking for, then yeah, you find the novelizations of the episodes, the movies. Sometimes, like the tie-in novels, are going to go in a different direction. But I don't, I don't concur with this this reaction to this because I'm the part of it that was the even though I think I did like the rest of the novel, the part of it that was the most like sticks in my brain the most is this part that right. wasn't in the movie. Right, 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 right. It is fleshing stuff saying, out like, like a tie-in novel. Right, but I don't think you can expect that from the tie-in novels because they're coming at it from a different direction almost. You know what I mean? Because like what you're talking about, if you read the prequel novels, yeah, they have moments like that that it's like, why wasn't this in the movie, man? Because spoilers for the episode three novel, you remember the opening of episode three, right? Yeah. Where yeah. it's uh, Dooku and Sidious okay. and Anakin and Obi-Wan have to rush in and save them, right? Uh, no, re- remind me. What's what's the opening of episode three? Uh, that's it. Obi Wan and Anakin are trying fighting through to get to the ship because Count Dooku has um, Palpatine held hostage. Okay. 
Okay, in the movie, the novelization of episode three, there's this added scene that it's like, oh, it makes it so much better, where you have Sidious and Dooku talking, and Sidious is, basically, this isn't exactly, but it's stuck with me. Basically, Sidious is like, all right, now, I'm going to go over here, bind myself to this chair. Anakin and Obi-Wan are going to come in, you're going to fight, and boom, we're going to go from there. And Dooku's like, all right, got it. That's not in the movie. But in the movie, you see this part, you see the part where Anakin has Dooku down, his hands are gone, and he's got lightsabers at his neck. Uh-huh. And Sidious just goes, do it. Uh-huh. And, Sid- and Dooku looks at Sidious like, oh, you motherfucker, you just stabbed me in the back. Uh-huh. And Anakin cuts his head off. Well, that little scene adds so much. You're not going to get that from just a tie-in novel, though. Right. I understand what you're saying. Like, the movie novels do. They add that depth that it's like, why wasn't this in the movie? Or why wasn't this in the show? Yeah, but the example that I gave was not like the example you gave. The example I gave easily could not have been in the movie. It had nothing to... It was no direct right. effect on the it plot. It would have had to have been a miniseries for it to work. To yeah. me, it's the equivalent of a tie-in novel in that it's fleshing out the universe right. and showing the characters in an entirely different situation. Right. No, I know what you're saying. But I'm just saying, in the novels of movies, you're going to get those nuggets that you can't really do that because that ties directly into what happens in the movie, right? Yeah, so but like it, it colors don't it most. It's like this way. Ghost Walker thing you're talking, a novel you're talking about. That's a tie-in novel, right? Right, but it's it's like a lost shitty episode. It doesn't really. Yeah, add and a the thing the in wheel. the thing in the Gremlins book is like a lost you know chap of uh, Gizmo's life, right? And, or many of them. Right, right, right. But what I'm saying is like, and I know I'm not doing a great job of explaining this. <laughs> I think you are. I think I just disagree. But go ahead. Well, you're that, saying that that, that well what be. you're saying my example and tie-in novels are totally different because it's not tied to the major property. But I guess my argument is the example I'm giving is exactly like a tie-in novel. Well, but it, it's like you couldn't expand. I mean, you could. It wasn't a tie-in novel, but yeah, you could. Yeah, you could expand those few chapters into a tie-in novel, but at that point, like it's almost. And I hate saying this. Because, I mean, the way I see it, Mandalorian is fan fiction because George isn't involved. Uh-huh. But at that point, like, tie-in novels are almost like endorsed fan fiction. Uh-huh. Yes, I understand, and some authors get pissed about this, but it, they are. I understand they have to go through more editorial review and all that shit. But, and another thing with, like, uh, novelizations is, I would bet somewhere in that script that was kind of hinted at. Because generally, the authors who get the job to do the novelizations are given early drafts of the script well it's and it's not spelled really out by a world war ii veteran but it's just right. it's not it's not said he's yeah. it's he's just saying there used to be gremlins in our planes but he doesn't mean literal right. gremlins he means figurative gremlins but right and so what the book does is take the leap which is why i think this is brilliant and yeah, yeah, in no, my opinion you would do the same thing in a tie-in novel which is well this was hinted at We've heard about, this you know... This might be one of those agreements you guys were talking about. <laughs> I think you're right. I, the, only, the only thing that I'm saying is that it feels like you're drawing the line on that's different. And I'm saying it's different in that it is an actual novelization, but the spirit of what we're saying is exactly the same. Yeah. I, I The reason I think it's different is because I think there's a major difference between 
like one to five chapters and then a 300 page novel on its own. You it's know? definitely more challenging, but I guess to me, part of the reason this was so brilliant is that easily could have been a novel and would have been fascinating. A fucking right. history of, 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 of Gizmo going through across yeah. time on yeah. earth. I would fucking have loved that. Yeah. So I guess that's, but here's, here's the main point I was trying to get to the, to me, <laughs> The we got lost on that one. <laughs> <laughs> to me, the uh, th- that is emblematic of, and I sort of say this on TNC a lot. That's emblematic of of what makes any kind of extrapolation. And we're in the we're in the the yeah. era of of franchise extrapolation. Any kind of extrapolation satisfying, which is you know, and there's all this talk about like fan service, and like you could argue that mm-hmm. bringing. Uh, Ked Bain back is like fan service. It's like, I don't care. Fan service mm-hmm. up the wazoo. I do not find it pandering unless it is pandering. I don't find it pandering. You know, you trying to give me what I want, I welcome. Just what right. I want is a clever extrapolation of what I know about this universe or these characters right. in a way that gives me something new that's like information that's new that seems to track with where we've come from and track with who these people are and what is true of this universe and then you're doing a new inventive thing that doesn't feel and this is where it really becomes challenging doesn't feel like this owl book feels like it's probably and you you've read it and i haven't but feels like it's probably like let's do a tos story that's kind of like any other tos story except it's a different species what haven't we used yet uh we haven't used snails nah, that's not a, how about owls owls great let's do owls people love owls people love owls they got the whole hoog thing going for them yeah. <laughs> Dude, they, they have claws don't they no i said who not hoof oh who <laughs> <They said hoo. laughs> um so yeah uh uh, so that feels like that's like, all right, you can get away with that. But that's not really what I want to see. Well, I know what I want to see, a fucking hooved owl. <laughs> well, maybe that could be your, yeah, no. that could be your, uh, your tie-in novel. Hey, so here's the last <laughs> thing I was going to bring up, and this is a perfect segue. Mm-hmm. The rest of it's been, uh, been, been crappy segues, but I'm going to nail it here. Um, <laughs> as I was listening to you say all this and talk about all these things with such, uh, such depth, I thought to myself, hey, Doom should really have a book. And as you said, just to offer you the chance to shill it, you do have a book. So I I actually have two now. So what is, are they fiction? What are they? The first one is fiction. Um, the Camping Trip and Other Stories. It's a collection of horror short stories. Yeah. And then the new book that's getting ready to come out is called Doomed, the collected essays and reviews where I, I just... I took a bunch of my reviews off the site. I polished them up, put them in a book, and then I put essays around them. Like, I've got a short essay about Star Trek in there because I don't have a deep history with Star Trek. Right. I got an essay about my journey through Star Wars. How many what? Star Trek novels have you read? Ooh. Um, Ballpark. I would say right now, roughly 10 to 15. <laughs> I love that this is not a deep history with Star Trek. <laughs> Are you saying that is? You read 10 to 15 of the novels? How that reaction isn't giving me an indication where you're falling here, man. Yeah, of course it's. <laughs> well, let me let me just let me just sum this up. You've seen I mean, all years. of Enterprise, and yeah. that suggests to me you've seen all of Star Trek. 
Correct. I've seen all of Enterprise. I've seen all of TOS. I've seen the first season of DS9 and the first season of um, TNG. Oh, interesting. So I've you seen were more... all of the movies. I, I, we must have discussed this last time, that it's shocking that you've seen all of Enterprise, but you've only seen the first season of uh, DS9 and Because TNG. I, I can't get my hands on the discs. You saw the internet trouble I was having, dude. We went over this last time, and you're like, you just love your physical things. And it's like, if the internet goes down, which it does around here, dude, from like 2.30 to almost midnight, my internet is dog shit. What have you got? Have you got a, have you got a DVD player, Blu-ray player? What do you got? I got a Blu-ray player, a PlayStation 4. All right. That's why I've got the first season of TNG, because my buddy sent me a Blu-ray of it. And that's why I've seen it, I mean. So I've watched that, and I was like, oh, my God, this is awesome. All right. Oh, just the first season. Yeah, I've, I've been trying to get my hands on that complete series set, yeah. but every time it drops kind of low, I can't afford it. And then it's up to like 250 bucks, and it's like, Amazon, you motherfuckers. Right. <laughs> but I don't want to shit talk them too much. That's how my books have been published. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, when okay. I say I don't have a deep history with Star Trek, I mean in years. Yeah. Because what I did with, like, I have an essay on Star Wars and an essay on Scooby-Doo. I went through, like, basically from 1998 until now. Yeah. Like, everything Scooby-Doo that I've experienced. Like, I talked about when me and my dad went and saw the first two live-action movies in theaters. Yeah. I talked about when I first got into Scooby, which, funnily enough, how I got into Scooby was through a book. Yeah. There's this dude named James Gelsey. He wrote these like 60, 70 page little kids chapter books. And I was like, let's see, it was 99. I said 98 earlier. It was 99. I was eight years old. Yeah. I was walking through Walmart. I went to the book section. And I was like, ooh, I've always had dogs. I saw this big, goofy cartoon dog. And I was like, <gasps> and I grabbed the book. I took it to my mom. I was like, can I get this? And she, she was one. She's never told me no when it came to a book. Yeah. And she was like, oh, I saw that. I used to watch that when I was a kid. Sure, get it. Yeah. And boom, I've been a Scooby-Doo fan since like July of 99. Yeah. I don't have that with Star Trek. For me, Star Trek is a relatively new thing still. Right. You know, and Star Wars, I don't have a long history with that, but I have more experiences with that because when I was in school, there was this kid I went to school with who was obsessed with Star Wars. So even though I didn't like Star Wars at the time, I I was more aware of it because of this kid. Yeah. So it, that's what the new essay... And then I've got like a essay about death because I've had a lot of death in my life. Right. Ironic, I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. And We really covered then it. Then I... <laughs> and I've got an essay about politics where like I, I give everybody both barrels in that one. Doom, let me ask you a question. Yeah, what's up? What is your main genre of fandom? What do you mean? Like sci-fi, fantasy, that type of thing? Correct. In the last few years, it would have to be sci-fi and fantasy. Just the last few years. That's not what Nerd Blitz is mostly focused on? I mean, yeah, that's. I would say that is mostly because there's not an episode goes by that we don't talk about Star Wars or Star Trek, really. So why are you not writing novels in that direction? Well, I'm thinking my next book might be a sci-fi fantasy short story collection because I've, I've written two short stories and I, I want to flip this around on you because I have the same questions for you. Right. But I'll just answer you first. I have two um, short stories based on our D&D campaign that we play on the show. Oh, that's fun. Because I just kept having these like nagging ideas. We didn't get to play as much as I wanted. So, so I guess I'm just saying like 
you have all this knowledge, you've read all these novels, you know what the prose looks like, you know all the properties, you should be writing stuff that's like it. And independent of that, I think you should approach and pursue writing novelizations and stuff. You should sort of be searching places and reaching out to to people to kind of see if maybe you could... That's why I'm trying to cut my teeth writing my own stuff. That's reasonable. That's reasonable. But it's also like the publishing industry is in the shitter right now. Yeah. I've I've talked to... I hate to keep name dropping, but if I get knowledge from one of the best, I got to fucking pass it on. Sure. I've talked to Kevin J. Anderson about it. Uh-huh. And that's why he does so much shit on his own through his uh, Wordfire Press publishing company. Yeah. Because it's just the publishing industry is in the fucking toilet. Right. Because they've consolidated so much. Right. Like Star Trek and Star Wars. Under George, there was a new Star Wars novel every month. Right. Some of them were good. Some of them were shit. Doesn't fucking matter. There was a new Star Wars novel every month. Now you get maybe six a year. Maybe if you're lucky. Star Trek novels, you're getting like maybe two a year now. Yeah. So it's like tie-in media, like novels and shit, they're dying. They're dying a fast death. Well, that's disappointing. But uh, on the upside, uh, maybe that's why it's the right time for you to get into it. (laughs) It's less competition. You can just... uh, Well, that's the thing. There's more competition because... There's less opportunities. Exactly. Right. Gotcha. There's less opportunity and everybody, there's a lot of people in the world who still think, who look down on self-publishing and shit like that. They think for it to be a legit book, it has to be published by Simon & Schuster or Penguin or Random House, whatever. And as much as I would love to see my name on a Random House book, it's never going to happen because, and I don't say this being like, because I suck. No, just because there's so much going in. And there's legitimate authors now, like Todd Goldberg. He's written, he wrote some of the Monk novels, I think. Yeah. I think his brother wrote some, uh, maybe it was Psych or Burn Notice, I forget which. And it might be, I might have them. But reversed. it doesn't matter, Doom. It doesn't matter right. how many real That's authors there are out there. You're, And also, you've read novelizations. Right, right, right. I'm certain That's what I'm saying, though. from these books that are terrible. I'm certain oh, of yeah. it. And so you I know have. you could do at least that bad. So write <laughs> right. one that bad. And in answer to your question, saying. your implied question, yeah, I should be doing that too. And I want to be a director. And I know the road to that is for me to write my own thing. And well, I, I, wanna, I have I a wanna... different version of the same thing. As a matter of fact, you're right. you're more impressive because you've at least written your two books, and and I'm really glad that you've written these short this short story thing and you're releasing. It's really, uh, I'm very impressed because there's no I, level. I appreciate that. There's no bar at which I don't, you know, that I cease to attack myself and say this is good enough. It's it's always it's always like a flawed thing in my head that right. I can't I can't move forward on, and that's my real. Uh, journey is learning how to release stuff that's kind of you know it's like this is good enough i i can't do it and that's what i have to learn how to do so when you see me someday release a kind of crappy movie just know that that is a huge emotional accomplishment for me so i mean go ahead but i just want to finish this thought because what i'm saying is like there are legit authors who are publishing through Amazon now. Like I said, Todd Goldberg, he's not an unknown name, you know? Yeah. And his brother Lee, they're doing self-publishing through Amazon. The reason we're doing it is because I listened to Ken Levine's podcast. I think it's episode 202. I'm going to send you the link to that. Okay. 
because I think you really need to listen to it because I told in the closing of this episode, Fitz and I already recorded it two weeks ago, okay? Yeah. I told him, I said, I'm going to put a bug in Andy's ear. This is the bug I want to put in your ear. All right. Yes, I understand you want to be a director. You want to write and direct your own thing. You've said many times on TNC yeah. that you want to. You would love to do something sci-fi based. You'd love to run a show like that. Right. Do it through Amazon, dude. Write a novel. I know I'm, I'm standing up now because I'm preaching. I did this with Fitz in that episode, too. <laughs> but I'm passionate about this shit. Uh-huh. And again, I it might be the fucking vestiges of listening to Kev Smith all those years being like, why not? But fucking do it, dude. Sure. There is literally no gatekeeper saying, oh, Andy, you're not good enough. Right. Fuck off. No. Right. Good, bad, or indifferent. You write that book. You put it up on Amazon. You get that thing out. And I'll tell you this right now. You fucking do it. I'll invite you back on just to talk about that for an hour. I don't care. I'll help you promote it. I'm not saying that's going to get you a lot of fucking views. I know I'm small taters, but fucking do it, dude. There is nobody telling you, stopping you from doing it. It's the wild, wild west. Seems harder to write a, a novel than it is to write a script to me, though. I mean, it is. Ken Levine talked about that. Like, he had problems when he first started writing fiction, like trying to figure out the tense thing, because in a script, you just put, like, the name and, hey, we're going to go here. Well, in a novel you've got to be like we're gonna go here yeah brad said and i can understand coming from a script it's a totally different thing but it's like it doesn't matter do it and have somebody help you go over it or even write a script and then adapt it into prose you know yeah you've got all these ideas i understand like even right now with the writer strike you ain't getting shit done now it's true but even if there wasn't a writer strike they're going to look at your script and be like, well, that'll cost $10 million. That'll cost... You're looking at a $200 million script here, Andy. We're not going to do that. Yeah. Okay, you tell them, fuck off. I'll write this. I'll make this a novel or write a collection of short stories. If I can do it, anybody can fucking do it. Should I definitely tell them, fuck off? That seems like bad business. Well, I mean, yeah, it's probably not a good idea. But... <laughs> look, you come from the East Coast. Don't act like this kind <laughs> no. of talk is new to you. No, I get it. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> my italian blood's coming out here <laughs> somebody was like no i don't like that and he was like fuck you and the horse you rode in on. <laughs> you can curse all you want but, i appreciate i appreciate what you're saying and i'm gonna think about that Tim. don't think about it dude do it no Just, i'm gonna i'm gonna consider it i'm gonna figure out whether it's a good idea i'm gonna pick it apart i'm gonna really be hard on myself fuck off do it <laughs> <laughs> no i really think like come up with an idea and like Write a series of short stories, collect them all together, put them in a book, put a book out. Yeah. I feel like it's easier to fake it in a in a script, though. I feel like in a novel, you like got no room. You have to fucking know, know your lingo and know I, your, you know, um, feeling. I think that's you just getting too in your head. You could, you really could be do. right. You could be right. I because it's kind of like the when people say it's easier to write for animation because then you can do whatever the fuck you want. Uh-huh. Same thing. Right. If you're writing prose, you don't have to worry about like when you're writing a script and you say there's a thousand people here and you're like, "Well, shit, I can't do that on TV." So, right. there's 10 people here. Right. You know, you can do whatever you want. Right. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna, you've given me something to think about, and I hope I've given you something I... to think about too. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> I will leave it there. 
I yeah, got up went. on my high horse preaching and I lost it. No. <laughs> no, on yeah, that I note, maybe we say goodbye. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm done with that. I, I do want to say, though, before we go, okay. I really do appreciate you coming back on. Last time was fun. This time was even more fun, dude. See, I think last time you, was more fun. Well, you're wrong. It's okay to be wrong. Um, You are welcome anytime. I'm sorry that there was so much clusterfuck over the last couple weeks and specifically today. I mean, I'm responsible for the clusterfuck over the last couple of weeks. No problem. Well... Uh, don't yes sweat it. No, I mean, I was, I was, uh, was glad to be back and uh, and talk ner- nerdy with you uh, once again. <laughs> sorry to miss Fitz. Fitz, if you listen to this next time, come on, get on there. Well, I'll make it comfortable for you, Fitz. I promise. It'll be you and me against Doom, Fitz. Oh, you don't want that. That's happened before, and I got real angry. <laughs> Him and our one buddy, Jay Sarge, kind of backed me into a corner once, and it got mean. <laughs> well, as you as you know from TNC, I'm used to dealing with conflict. Yeah. I don't know. The thing, though, is like... I invited you on. You know I'm not being... Because, like, fuck him. It's, you know, it's, it's a friendly fight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, no, seriously, thank you for coming on, dude. Uh, thank you for having me. I had a good time. Tell Matt to get his ass in here. You're fucking talking about Fitz. You, Matt's supposed to have come in, too. And good luck with that one, pal. <laughs> <laughs> I can barely well, get that guy to do my our, our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Well, thanks. <laughs> but I'm, I'm happy to say I had a good time and say you should do it. I just, uh, you know, <laughs> I can't get that guy to do anything. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Do you want to pimp your socials or anything? Um, on Twitter, I'm at Secunda. On Instagram, I'm at Andrew Secunda. The uh, podcast is Star Trek TNC. It's at Star Trek TNC on Instagram and and Twitter. Um, uh, I got a new podcast actually. I'm working on with Sean Conroy. You can go to my socials and and I'll have it up when it's ready. Which is going to be us talking about pilots. Ooh. Uh, famous pilots and some, you know, ones that didn't go anywhere, ones that were weird, ones that had long-running series. Uh, so we're still figuring that one out, uh, but uh, I think that should be fun. And um, yeah, I don't know. Coming soon, there's going to be a new Patreon where me and Andy watch the Orville. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and keep an eye out for my uh, for my uh, novels coming to Amazon that uh, Doom will keep you apprised of. I definitely will. You think I'm joking. If you do it, I'm going to be right there fucking being like, hey, he did the thing I told him to uh, do. You better had to fucking make me, make me write a novel. You better support it. <laughs> Andy who? <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is the Nerd Blitz, a podcast and content producing powerhouse that needs your help. For less than 17 cents a day, you can join their Patreon at patreon.com slash nerdblitzpod and make a difference in their pitiful lives. You will get instant access to exclusive audio and written content such as commentaries, reviews, Comic-Con, Conversations, skits, just jump to the end, B-roll, Doom does, 
Swear Reels, The Nerd Blitz Question of the Week podcast, original stories, as well as occasional physical rewards. Just $5 a month gets you all of this and so much more. Won't you join at patreon.com slash nerdblitzpod and get instant access to over a hundred hours of audio you can't find anywhere else on the internet. Please, join now and help these pitiful, pitiful creators. And welcome back, everybody. Wasn't that a fun interview? Yeah. If it happened, I don't know. It's always fun when we have smart people on. Oh, you don't consider me smart? I mean, other peep smart people. You could have said no. Additional, <laughs> I mean, additional smart people. <laughs> you could have said no. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, we're recording this before I record that interview, so... Who the fuck knows? Maybe I shit the bed and I was like, um. <laughs> remember, remember that time? Remember that time? That was awesome. Remember that time in Star Trek when Pew? Wasn't that awesome? <laughs> yeah. It's that old Chris Farley bit. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah that's what I was trying yeah, yeah, to do. Yeah. yeah. Remember that time you were in the in the Beatles? That was awesome. I know, I know some shit. Okay, fuck. I'm smart too, motherfucker. <laughs> well, you always act like you never watched Saturday Night Live. I did. I watched it sporadically. For some reason, though, those skits never really stuck with me. Oh. I don't know why. I don't know. For It was only like the van down by the river. River? River? Yeah. <laughs> by the river. 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 That stuck with me. And then like... His Chippendale skit, that stuck with me because everybody talked about it. Mm. But I just mainly remember like very few quotes and shit. But yeah, I watched Saturday Night Live in that era a lot. But yeah, a lot of it didn't stick with me. Oh, I see. It was like potato chips. You watch one, it's like, uh-huh, where's the next one? Yeah. It's weird, I know. Fun shit. If that interview happens, it's going to be fun because I... I told him in the lead up to it, I was like, well, people liked our ball breaking last time, so fuck, if nothing else, we can always just do that to fill yeah, time. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how much he agrees with what like what we were just talking about. And how oh, much... do you want me to bring up Picard? Oh, what the fuck are you going to talk about? I mean, I don't know. I Honestly, last time he was on, we mostly talked about Star Wars. Oh, oh I don't I, I mean, I don't know. I just assumed it, that's what you were going to talk about. Oh, yeah, I'm sure I will, but I, I kind of want to talk about... This is so weird because we're recording this before, but it's going to air after. But so, how, so how's your family? <laughs> but I'm going to ask him about Goldberg's because he finished out the run on that. Oh, yeah. Because I, I watched that show from the beginning. I always loved it. But, uh, yeah, I want to talk about that. I want to ask him if he ever finished Clone Wars, and if he did, if he watched fucking Rebels and shit like that. And then I, I really want to dig in about his career because... Last time, we spent the whole time fucking talking about Star Wars because before we started recording, we were talking about Star Wars. And it's like, fuck it, why don't we just do this on the show? And he's like, oh, okay. And then we talked about Star Wars and he's like, I gotta go. And I was like, oh. And he's like, what? I was like, I thought we'd talk about you. It's the whole reason you bring a guest on. You don't bring a guest on and be like, yeah, yeah, fuck you. What did you think about Star Wars? (laughs) 
He said, well, apparently you don't. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, well, apparently that's only what happens on professional podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, we spent all of the time last time just ball breaking and being like, isn't Star Wars fucking cool? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's going to be interesting, or it was interesting, to talk to him because last time I talked to him, they were still doing uh, TNG. Now they're into DS9 and they've got all this fucking... Oh, on, on the pod, yeah. Yeah, they've got all this other Star Trek shit they've done on their Patreon, which at some point I would like to get in their Patreon. Yeah, we can do that. We can we can make that happen. Yeah, but there's other shit we've got to take care of first. Yeah. I really wish we could get more people in Patreon because that would be a good way to do some marketing is to get in their Patreon because they give a shout out to people. Mm. But anyway, um, I would like to hear their thoughts on the Marvel shit and... Season two and three of Picard. I know they hated season one and two. Oh, they 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 straight up hated it. Yeah. Mm. And I think from what I've seen on the Discord, they did like season three a bit more. But okay. Yeah, but I I'm really interested in what they think of Enterprise too because as previously discussed, and some people think I'm crazy, but I think Enterprise still might be my favorite. Mm. Just because it gets to play with all of the shit that came before and set it up, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's what my hope is to talk about with him. And it, it it is fun to talk about this after, because if it doesn't happen, I mean, I hope no ill will towards the dude. I get it. Shit's going on. There's a fucking writer strike. That's the other thing I want to talk oh, about. Oh, yeah, yeah. Too. I was just going to bring that up. I was going to say, he's probably not working at all right now, is he? No, no. But there is something I want to put a bug in his ear about, because I think I think he'd be good at like trying to write a novel or something. Yeah. Or even like a short comedy book. So. Yeah. I'm going to bring that up, too, and be like, fucking do it, dude. So Just yeah, do it. Fucking Make do. your dreams come true. You know, I saw this thing the other day about the word dreams, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know, I've never thought of that before, but I really fucking agree with that. That makes a lot of sense. I think it was, there's this writer I follow. He worked on um, King of the Hill. His name's Michael Jammin. He's on Instagram. <laughs> what an awesome name. Right. Mike Jammin. Sounds like a fucking superhero. I'm Michael Jammin, motherfucker. Sounds like a porn name. Well, that too. Oh, yeah. Mike Jammin. Uh, take it. In Through the Outdoors, starring Mike Jammin. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he was talking about dreams, and he was like, don't call them dreams, because dreams are what happen when you're asleep. If you want to make your dreams a reality, don't call them dreams. Call them goals. Goals are something you achieve. Dreams just happen in your sleep. And I was like, you know, hmm. that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, for me, I don't think it'll make a difference, but I could try it. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Look at the shit. Manifest. Look at the shit we've accomplished in the last 10 years, though, dude. Yeah. It's true. I'm serious. There's... N- I told you, I've been thinking about this type of shit a lot. And whenever I do, like, kind of get down, I look at the body of work we have, we've amassed, and it's like, none of this shit should have happened. You know? Well, that is, I mean, a lot of people probably agree, but yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But I mean, like, and I've, I've been going over this for the last two or three years, but it's like, I was told in fucking fifth grade, you're never gonna be a writer. I got fucking two books under my belt, dude. Yeah. That's true. I was told I was told by some angry old lady when I worked at Blockbuster that I was I was never going to I was just going to work minimum wage jobs the rest of my life. And look at that. That fucking bitch, she proved her wrong too. 
Yeah, I mean, I only I only worked minimum wage jobs for like you know th- three more years after that, four more years, and then you know you still proved her wrong. Shit happens, and she's dead. So fuck her. Yeah. <laughs> so who's so who's now, laughing now? Yeah. <laughs> Old bitch. I've lived for 20 years longer than you. (laughs) Wouldn't it be fucked up if she just died like last week? Right. She's 106. (laughs) Right. She's 106 and she's like, fuck him. I knew he'd never be anything. I told you you weren't going to amount to nothing. Look at you, failure. (laughs) You call that success? You probably didn't even get LASIK, you jack off. Mm -hmm. Why does my chest feel funny? (laughs) But it's like, yeah, I... Every time I do get a little down, I think about that. I was like, I, my fifth grade teacher told me I'd never be a fucking writer. I've got two books under my shelf. Fuck her under my shelf, under my belt. It's Fuck on your her. shelf. On your yeah, shelf. they're on my shelf. They ain't under it. They're on it. I'm proud of them motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. And it's like, even take it back to the very beginning of all this shit you and I have done in the last seven years. That fucking audio drama, dude. That That's took true. some fucking balls, man. And we yeah. pulled that shit off. That's true. So it's like... I guess today I'm in one of those fucking manic modes where it's like, everything's awesome. Maybe it's because it's dark outside and it's getting ready to rain. So I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, has it not rained down there yet? No, not yet. Really? It rained like a yeah. motherfucker about half hour ago here. Wow. <laughs> or like, you know, about the time we were finishing up the first half. Right. But yeah, I guess it's just like when everybody else gets sees the darkness, they get it mopey and shit. I get super peppy because it's like, yeah, it's like life. It's dark and depressing. Awesome. <laughs> but I've if it, it's weird. The thing we recorded earlier, it's like fuck it, why bother? Now I'm like, woohoo, we're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> ride the That's wave. That's a hell of an arc in two hours. Yeah, ride the wave, brother. Fucking a. But yeah, I, I really do. I think about that. I've been thinking about that a lot lately, and it's like anytime it does feel like, well, fuck us, we're stupid. We've never accomplished anything. It's like no dipshit, we've accomplished a lot. Fucking over 600 i haven't done the math lately but over 600 hours of audio and shit fucking the audio dramas we've done the fucking two books we did we've done a lot of shit dude nobody can take that away from us there's a lot of people who fucking talk about shit don't do it we fucking did it man yeah so it's like you can't be like well my dreams are never gonna come true or even my goals it doesn't matter what i call them fuck yeah do it I keep getting on your ass telling you, you got to write. You've got that fucking Blade Runner-y type detective story or whatever. Yeah. We workshop some shit on that. Do it, dude. Book three, you know? Yeah. You got the skills. It'll happen eventually, I guess. Well, fucking hurry the fuck up, because I want to <laughs> do book three in like two years or so. <laughs> I can't give you too much shit. I've got three stories that I've been working on for like four years. Yeah. They got sidetracked because I wrote, I was working on the... Horror book, and then this, holy Christ, this fucking essay book, my God. It's the <laughs> hardest fucking thing I've ever done, dude. Yeah. I swear to God. Opening up like that, so fucking, I didn't think it would be that difficult, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, it's probably therapeutic. Yeah. Well, like I said, the whole thing with my teacher, that used to really fucking get under my skin, but especially writing the one piece in the book about that, mm-hmm. I have kind of been like, fuck that bitch. She's provably wrong. You know? Right. Sure, it's not published by, like, fucking Del Rey or something, but here's the thing. Del Rey would never publish a book I submitted anyway. So it's like, that was never in the cards. Because just the way the publishing industry is now, it 
it's not going to fucking happen. It's not even me being like, I'm not good enough. It's just the way the publishing industry is. It would never fucking happen, you know? Yeah. So we found a back way to do it, and we did it. And it's not even like, oh, you're fucking, it's not legit, because legit people have used the same way, you know? Oh, yeah. Like fucking, I'm not even talking about like the small time people who get big doing it. Like fucking Ken Levine. Nobody can be like, well, fuck him. Who's he? Motherfucker worked on, I mean, I'm not a big fan of it, but motherfucker worked on MASH. That's who he is. You know? Yeah. He worked on fucking Frasier and Cheers and all of these fucking incredible fucking shows. Yeah. Fucking, what's his name? Todd Goldberg. He's a well-known author. He publishes a shit ton of books that way because he just can't get them done through traditional publishing anymore. So it's like, this isn't some fly-by-night because it's like, you're not good enough. Legit fucking authors can't get their shit done through traditional publishing anymore. So it's good enough. You know? Yeah. I've been standing up for like the last half of the first part of this and now this, and I feel like I'm fucking preaching here. <laughs> it sounds like you've been standing up. Yeah, I have been. Yeah, no. That's something I'm I'm not even kidding. I'm working on your confidence, dude. I'm That's something I'm tackling in the next year or so. Yeah. Because like I said, we've got a track record of shit where we've proven anybody yeah. who'd be like, what are you? You know? We've well, proven that we can get shit done and do fucking shit that dumbass fucking losers like us shouldn't be able to do, and we've still done it. So I'm lighting a fire under your ass because you got the skills, you got the fucking ideas, you just need to fucking do them. Okay, you know? good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Give me Diddy Bob's number. I'm going to light a fire under her ass to light a fire under your ass, too. Yeah. <laughs> She's like... Dude, I've been trying to do it for 50 years. Fuck off. <laughs> you Johnny come lately. <laughs> she has not. She wasn't she wasn't even she at best she could say 46 years. <laughs> well, that's fair. At best. Yeah. Yeah, fuck her trying to inflate her. Numbers. Yeah. God damn it. She's such a fucking liar. <laughs> <laughs> we just made up a fake reason to shit on your sister. <laughs> 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 oh good lord uh anywho yeah shit do we want to try to squeeze in the superman talk sure we can it's not gonna take long there's not that much really to get into no so right before we started recording a rumor broke that we've got the short list for uh who james gunn wants to cast in his superman legacy movie yep and uh did you send me the pictures to all these people i, I texted you the dude and the one girl and then that's all Okay. You said you, you said you saw the Lex guy. Well, I didn't see him. I saw the name, and I was like, "Oh, oh my I thought God, you really? said you saw the picture." No, I oh, didn't. Oh, oh, I, did oh, they oh, have oh. like a picture that made him look Lexi? No, no. I was just going to send you like the headshot pictures. Oh no, I know who Nick Holt is. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. It was just a picture of him. It wasn't like okay. Yeah, it no. wasn't like doctored up. Then. So who is this dude that is rumored to be playing Superman? Then I have no idea who he is. His name is. That's what I mean. His name. Oh. I thought you were asking me if I knew who we, where he was from. Well, what's he been in, and why are you a fan? <laughs> David, now, <sighs> his last name is spelt C-O-R-E-N-S-W-E-T. Now, I would say this corn sweat, but <laughs> I'm guessing that's probably not how you pronounce it. Okay. It's probably corns, corn sweat, corn, corn, I don't know. Okay. I'm going to call him corn sweat. But until I hear different, but, right? So, so David Cornsweat. <laughs> okay. And uh, it says he's from 
Pearl? I don't know what that is. From what? Pearl? I don't know. Is that a show or... I don't even know what the fuck that is. The only Earl I know is my name is... No, Pearl, not Earl. Oh, Pearl. Oh, no, that might be that. It's a horror movie, I think. There was uh, one called X, and then I think Pearl is the sequel. Oh, yeah, the one with that creepy gal? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think they're getting ready to make one, a third one called Maxine, and it's got three X's. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah, Pearl. Yeah, you're right, Pearl is the one with... Yeah, Pearl is that movie with uh, Mia Goth. That's who I'm trying to think of, the creepy with girl. With who? Mia Goth. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She was yep. in Yeah, she was in X and she was in yeah. She was in that that Have you seen those movies? No, but no, but she was okay. in that that crazy ass one with Alexander Skarsgård that came out not long ago and everybody was freaking out cuz he's I guess they show his dong or whatever. Oh. But it's like another it's like a body swapper type okay. horror. And they said she was really hmm. fucked up in that. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I've not seen the movie, so yeah, I don't. Know yeah, I haven't seen it about either. Dude. What do you think about this guy? There's cer- several pictures I've seen. He looks just like he looks like a a, a less buff fucking what's his nuts. Uh, uh, do, am, I getting, am I fucking getting Alzheimer's or what? Because I can't think of anybody's <laughs> names today. Um, he kind of looks like Hayden Christensen to me. In this picture you sent me, yeah, I can see that a little bit. I was gonna uh, Henry Cavill. There's a there's a couple pictures that I've seen where he, the way that it's lit Ugh. and the the angle of the shot, he looks like a younger, thinner Henry Cavill kind of. Well, don't say that. You're gonna turn me against him already. <laughs> but I mean, he looks Supermany. He looks more Supermany. Fucking than... Henry Cavill does not look Supermany. But that's what I'm saying. He doesn't look exactly like him. I said he looks somewhat like him, but more Supermany. Okay. Yeah, I'll be in. I see. I'm in a weird position right now because I looked at the dude from Superman and Lois and be like, that ain't fucking Superman. Right. Yeah. So you can't. Don't be judging. Don't be judging too bad on people just by the way they look. Three episodes into that first season, I was like, he's motherfucking Superman to me. Right. And I mean, here we are three seasons in, and I'm like, this is the best Superman anything we've had since Smallville ended. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. In that picture that I sent you from that, in that pose he does look a lot like hayden christensen like from yeah like from like the nose up well i mean even like his neck yeah and i guess his neck his chin's a little different but yeah definitely like right. the, it's the eyes i think oh yeah kind of like, looks like hayden christensen real quick throw that in photoshop and make his eyes yellow no. that's hayden <laughs> <laughs> did you say no i said no yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's who's supposedly the front runner for for Clark, they keep saying so. They keep saying he's the front runner for Clark, not the front runner for Superman. Which right is kind of weird. Like I guess is because this is like a prequel, right? Is what they're talking about? Not a prequel, but like a like a young Clark Superman. But right from what James Gunn was saying is it's not going to be an origin story, but it's going to be early in his career as Superman. Right. So why so why is it called Superman Legacy then? I. I'm not quite sure. That 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 name does not seem to fit with supposedly like, like a beginning. It's gonna kind of play with some of the story threads from All Star Superman, mm. which I don't know if you've ever read that, but that's fucking awesome. Mm, no, I haven't actually read it. It's really fucking good, dude. Yeah, I for I forget who who all was involved with that, but it's a great, like even the animated movie is like, that's not bad. Well, it was, wasn't it Grant Morrison? All-Star. It might've been. Yeah. All-Star Superman. Yeah. Grant Morrison and Frank 
quietly. Quietly. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. See, I almost thought it, I thought it was Frank, but I wasn't quite sure. Yeah. That's why I was like, I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, it, it's really good though. I know, like you have some issues with Morrison and some of the shit he's worked on in the past, where it gets a little too fucking heady and shit. Yeah. But it's really fucking good. And that's not me saying he's bad. That's me saying I'm stupid. Right. 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 Well. I agreed with that way too fast. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, thanks. You're like, you're stupid, you fat fuck. <laughs> I'm going to work on your confidence, idiot. Get uh, ready. <laughs> thanks, Dad. <laughs> that came out way wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> wow. But yeah, no, that's a really good book. Yeah. I think it's like 12 issues. Yeah. If you don't feel like reading it, just pull up the movie on HBO Max or whatever and watch it. It's good. Mm. But as for Lois, there was some chick I don't know, and then Rachel Brosnahan, which, if you just looking at her on Miss Maisel. Yeah. And it's like, looks like Lois to me. Yeah, looks like a Lois to me. So uh, yeah, totally yeah, it's, it's her and, and like a couple other people. But the article that I read said that she was the one that gave a really good table read or whatever, or audition read. Right. So it, it sounded like she was the... Um, Front runner? Yeah. Okay. And then Samara Weaving's the other one that I know of that's up for it. And it's like, yeah, I could see it. Especially if you go against this dude with Samara Weaving, I could really see it. Let's see. Samara Weaving. I didn't look her up. I didn't look at not... the other, I didn't look at the other ones because oh shit what that's Samara holy shit she looks like Margot Robbie she kind of does she kind of looks like uh, Margot Robbie and um, oh who's the other one oh I lost it she's pretty I think she's like Hugo Weaving's niece or some shit hmm but yeah she looks a lot like Margot Robbie goddamn she kind of oh that uh, what's her name Sydney Sweeney or whatever oh okay yeah 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 kind of looks like her I can too see that too. Yeah, I don't oh, know. I think no. I think uh, I think the Brosnahan looks a lot more like a Lois than her. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, what's her name? Who's this fucking chick that play that voice Daphne and Scoob? Oh, um, uh, she kind of looks like her too to me. Oh yeah, a little bit. Yeah, her eyes just aren't as big. Yeah. What's her fucking name? God damn it! I cannot remember. Amanda Siegfried. Yeah. Yeah. Her. She kind of looks like her too. Yeah, a little bit. She's got the kind of the big eyes. But yeah, if I had to pick, I would pick. I would pick Ms. Maisel, probably. Yeah. She she really has the look. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't know how age-wise she is with this dude, because this dude looks young. Not that she's, I think, like, fucking 90. I think like, she's only... See, I saw that, too, where they would be like, oh, she's too old. But it's like she's only, like, two years older than him or something. They're, they're almost she, the what? same age. She's only, like, two years older than him. Really? Because uh, this dude looks like he's barely 20. Uh-uh. No, let me look them up and I'll I'll give you. But I did a little digging because I was like, well, that argument's stupid because I'm like, Marco Kidder had to have been way older than Christopher Reeve, dude. She was fucking, but you know what I mean? She looked like she had lived a life already when they did that first right. star, super, uh, Superman movie. Right. So I looked into it. Fuck yeah, dude. She was like four years older than him. <laughs> Which isn't that much, but you know what I mean. I know, it, was, you're it wasn't like, like she was fucking ninety four. No, no, no. But eight. but you know what I mean. It's not like they were the same age. Like they were clearly not that close to the same age. Right. I mean, they were farther apart than these people. These two are, and the people are complaining about. I I guess it's just because 
Rachel Brosnahan's been around for so long doing stuff. Holy shit. Oh, my God. Oh, fuck me running. What? She's the same age as me. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> She's fucking 32, dude. Yep. There goes that positive attitude. Oh. Yep. Come back next time or something depends on it. <laughs> yep, that's all gone now. Yep. Oh, my God. Look at our body of work. We ain't done shit compared to what she's done. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. 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 And Corn Sweat was born in 93, July 8th, 1993. Yeah. So he's 30. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. They're only like a couple years apart. That wasn't like wait, a big deal. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. She's a year older than me. Oh, okay. Well, it's all right then. Everything's better. We're she fine. really, We're She fine. really packed in a lot to that, that one year. Yeah. Yeah. It was like living in Picard land. Fucking A. She was like, I lived 12 lifetimes in that year. Yeah, I feel better. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I don't know why you're still talking about it. Shut I up. I know. You got time to catch up. You got a whole year to catch up. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, it's not even a year, though. It's like nine months. <laughs> 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 yeah, I guess it's just because she's been around for so long that I yeah. see her as almost like... I'm, I'm trying not to sound like an asshole. I see her almost as like a veteran actress you know yeah whereas this dude i'm like who the fuck is this guy so it's like he's he's six come on but no i guess not she really does i'm looking at pictures of her and it's like yep lois lane lois lane well she's blonde there but lois lane lois lane right and the other one the other gal she's blonde and it, right. but i can't imagine her with dark hair looking any different like she would still look you know what I mean? she still wouldn't look like lois yeah. lane to me yeah i don't know i'm I'm interested. I'm interested in this movie because with what Gunn did with uh, Guardians, even though like those are my least favorite MCU movies. Yeah. Like I liked the fucking Guardians Holiday Special. Yeah. I liked fucking Peacemaker. He's good with so characters. Like, so yeah. It, it, you know, even if you don't like some of the silly shit that he puts in, or you know, stuff like that, he's really good with character interaction and and character yeah. arcs and. You know, right, right. Yeah. But even with like his color choices, I'm hoping we'll finally get a fucking Superman movie that's vibrant. Oh. You know? I can't imagine that it wouldn't be. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, I have really high this is like I've had this is the most high hopes I've had for a Superman project in a long time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm right there with you. And hopefully fucking Superman and Lois runs beyond season three. There's talk that CW might cancel it, but James Gunn has already said, it's like, yeah, we hope that show runs another, at least season or two. So I would think it might go to max. Yeah. Look, the king is, the king has spoken. So fucking a, um, you said there was a slight update on this, all this casting rumor stuff. Oh yeah. All it was, was all it was, was a reply from James Gunn. Cause I guess people are asking him already on Twitter. Right. Like, they were immediately jumped his shit and was like, what's up with this? Who's this? Is this real? And uh, the update was that he issued a statement to all those people and said, for everybody asking, I'm not going to ever comment on who's actually auditioning. And if I do, it's going to be after the fact. Well, to me, that that means there's some truth to this rumor. Yeah. Because there's been a lot of other rumors that have come out, and he's like, it's bullshit. This is complete and utter bullshit. I don't know where people are coming up with this, Hmm. but I never said this. This has never been in the works. Because there was a rumor a few months ago that he had already cast the movie. And he's like, no, I just barely finished writing the script. Oh, well, that's different, though. He's saying he won't 
see, for all of you asking, I would never comment on who is or isn't auditioning for a role. That's the right. actor's business only and isn't something I'd make public unless they didn't unless they did it first after the fact, like Zachary Levi having auditioned for Star Lord and being a top choice. Right. Yeah. So yeah, so it's not it's not that he's like yeah, he's not saying one way or the other necessarily. He's just saying that I'm not gonna I'm not naming name I'm never gonna name names, so Right, right, right. But he's he's not saying but, that nobody's auditioned yet. You know, right, it's, it's different. I mean, what I'm saying is, in the past, he's been so emphatic and so clear cut, right? That I'm saying with this one, I feel like there's some truth somewhere in all of these rumors uh, because uh, he's not being like he's not shutting it down. Yeah, he's just saying it's like that's not shit we're talking about right now or whatever. Right. Well, you know? he might. He also he might not want to embarrass somebody if they haven't. If if it if, oh, yeah. if it's somebody that they didn't talk to. Right. You know. Or, you know, it could be like, he could be like, oh, fuck, we should call that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking A. But, but yeah, he might, because he says it's the actor's business. He's not going to comment on who's up right. for roles and stuff. Because, yeah, yeah, because maybe, yeah, maybe if, maybe if he denies it and they hadn't actually. Right. Or, you know, he says that's bullshit you. and they, and they really didn't even consider the guy. He might be kind of embarrassing like, for the actor. Right. Like he was nowhere even in the running. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I feel you. But like I said, I think with him not being emphatic either way, I think that some of these people that are rumored might be in the running is what all I'm thinking. Yeah. But, yeah, there you go, gang. That's uh, that's me self-sucking. That's 10 years of me fucking doing bullshit on the internet. <laughs> Dude, you've got to be fucking chafed after 10 years. Dude, you have no idea. Fucking Just like John- one giant blister. Johnson & Johnson doesn't make enough lotion. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but yeah, I wanted to bring in a special guest for that reason, though, you know, just to be like, look at me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're going to have to do something, try to figure out something special. I know it's like fucking pulling teeth to get you to celebrate milestones, but we're going to have to do something for you August 1st. Yeah. Yeah, because it's going to be 10 years to just jump to the end. Yeah, it's been almost that long since we recorded a new episode. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the other day, you know, it's funny. In three years, I've recorded more episodes. Fuck. In like two years, I've recorded more episodes of Doom Does than you fuckers recorded it just jumped to the end. Yeah. In 10. Yeah. Remember <laughs> what we were saying about podcasts not making it past episode 10 or 20? <laughs> you fuckers can't even make it to 30. Yep. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to have to figure out something. I, I keep telling you, I've said this for like the last four or five years i probably said it before we even started this show i would love to fucking record with diddy bow you me and her yeah but i know it's so fucking difficult you know yeah but yeah oh i think that would be so much fun because i met her that one time and it's like this broad's awesome you know yeah well let's don't get excited (laughs) (laughs) she's not that fucking awesome don't get carried away I spent a lot of time growing up with her. She ain't that fucking cool. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we're going to have to figure something out. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I doubt we'll be able to get a three-way episode going. I mean, maybe someday. It would take some coordination though, for sure. I mean, by August 1st. Oh, well, yeah, probably not. I don't think we're going to be able to figure that wobbly H out, but. Ew. (laughs) That was was unnecessary. You want to know how to make it even weirder? No, I don't. No, I don't. I don't. You're the middle. Ew. (laughs) 
Oh, that was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that makes it better or worse for you, uh, honestly. Uh, I don't know. It all sounds nightmarish. You're like, I don't want to think it through, but you're kind of forcing me to. <laughs> yeah, it's it. It's all nightmarish. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, it is. But anyway, we need to wrap up. Okay. Time for Patreon shout-out. Thank you, Times. Yep. <laughs> Thanks. Go to at G-I-G-I-A-M-K-3-0, at Spider Scooby, at Steve Boost, at AC Farrell 1976 at... Okay. We've... Josh changed his handle. We meant to talk about... We forgot to talk about this on the mini-episode. Mm. He ran into somebody else who was like, Josh Maga? <laughs> and he was like, fuck it. That's the final straw. <laughs> so he changed his... Uh, Twitter handle again. Yeah. So this this one's gonna be tougher to roll through. Um it's Josh with two S's. Uh-huh. Then MM. So it's like Josh MM. Yeah. But yeah, he changed his Twitter handle finally. <laughs> he got tired of fucking us and other people fucking giving him shit. He really <laughs> did. Every time I've talked to him, he's brought that up. Oh fuck. I, feel I recorded bad now. with him. Two or three times, and it's like we're just ball breaking, dude. And it's like, I. But the thing is, is I never fucking saw it. And it's like that's a good thing, right? You know? Yeah. I mean, I guess. Um, I mean, it's a good thing that he never saw. Oh it yeah, because, yeah. But he's he's not. I, from from what I know, unless he's like deeply, deeply hiding it, mm-hmm. he's not. He's a cool dude. So yeah. At Josh with two S's and then MM. So Josh MM. Uh, at Corny Jenkins, at underscore 13 Chris, which I actually talked to her a few weeks ago. I haven't talked to her in a while because she kind of left Twitter a while ago when it really became a shithole after, you know, yeah. Cheetos got everywhere. Yeah. But I actually talked to her, and it was like, it was nice to see her and talk to her again. Nice. Uh, but at, thanks to her, at T-E-S-D Groupie, at Forgeticus, Big Bad Forgeticus, at Katya Queen, and at zero zero. Zero underscore three. That's Patreon shout out. Thank you times. Thanks guys. Time for regular thank yous. Yep. Thank yous as always go to at the J Sarge for opening music at Sherry Archinoff for our logo for this and the commentaries at looking for eight for our Knights of the Blitzstar design and for the cover of our new book doomed the collected essays and reviews or reviews and essays volume one. I forget exactly how I worded it, but yeah, she did the cover art for that, and it's fucking awesome. It, it is pretty awesome. <laughs> Looks great. It really fucking does, dude. She does such fucking great art. But yeah, thanks to her, thanks to at Steve Boost for our Nerd Rats, Blitz 3 Machine, Question of the Week, all three of those logos, and for doing the Critical Brit segment, our articles on the site. That's regular thank yous. Yep, thanks guys. Time for our shit? Uh, yeah. Subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and find everything we do at NerdBlitz.com or DirtyFatCockSucker.com. Get yourself some merch by going to RedBubble.com slash people slash NerdBlitzPod slash portfolio or go to Spring.com and search The NerdBlitz or go to Amazon.com and search The Camping Trip and Other Stories or our newest book, the second book that we've put out. I wrote it, Fitz edited it, edited it, edited it edited it there you go the new book is called doomed the collected essays and reviews volume one yeah i've been working on this book for over a year now because almost as soon as we got the camping trip and other stories out i started working on this 
really hardcore it's been like the last eight months that i've been working on it but i have been working on it that whole time so yeah this one was way harder there's a lot of effort in in it and i'm proud of it the some of these essays i think they're interesting they're i try to make them all kind of funny um there are i'll be honest there are instances of anger in some of them (laughs) but they're good i think yeah you've read most of them yeah they're pretty good yeah there was one I was a little worried about. I was like, well, how do you think? And you're like, I mean, it seems fair to me. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, once again, that's called Doomed, The Collected Essays and Reviews, Volume 1, with art by At Looking for Eight. So uh, go find that and, again, The Camping Trip and other stories over on Amazon, gang. Other than that, I'm at the Scooby-Doom. You are. At Fitzman73. And together we're at Nerd Blitz Pod. That is a fucking show, gang. Yep, that's a big show. Fucking... Once again, it's like, hey, we got something to celebrate. Let's overcompensate, motherfucker. And we did. So, uh. Indeed. Yeah. You think I'll still be making shit in 10 years? You still be making shit in 10 years? Yeah. We'll still be making shit in 10 years? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Wow. That's a commitment. That would have been the perfect time for you to be like, no, fucker, I'm done with you. <laughs> this evil ends tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fuck. Here he goes with his chant again. Mm-hmm. Evil dies tonight. Evil dies Evil tonight. Evil dies tonight. Oh, my God. Here he goes. Every time we record. Thank you to everybody listening that's kept me going for 10 years. And thank you to you, Mr. Fitty Man, for helping me fucking keep going and do all this weird, different, interesting shit we've been doing all these years. Yeah. Yeah. It's been fun. Yeah. Yep. Um. Until next time. Bye. Joker. Come back next time. Our sanity depends on it. I've noticed that's a good keyword to get the voice a little bit. It's just like, Joker. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. All right. And stop. This has been a feature of TSDJA Productions and JJ2E Media.